Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. 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 Hello, this is Zack Sabre Jr., New Japan Cup winner 2018. And you're listening to Keeping It Strong Style with my mates. Enjoy. Yo, this is Rich Ladder from One Nation Radio. This is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. We present to you the Ace of Podcasts, Keeping It Strong Style. Let's go. It's the Ace of Podcasts, Keeping It Strong Style. Covering New Japan, they ready to hold it down. Jeremy Donovan and the young boy Josh. Come and hit a job out in Barrio the Frost. From Tokyo Dome over to the G1. Social Suplex is a network where we can get it done. I'm a chiller. Let them have it, cause this is just an intro. Keeping the strong style, six stars from the get go, boy. Yeah, from Tampa Bay to the Tokyo Dome, this is keeping it strong style with your host Jeremy Donovan and the young boy Joshua Smith. And thank you for listening. Welcome to Keeping It Strong Style, the ace of podcasts on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Jeremy Donovan here alongside the young boy Josh Smith. On today's show, we'll be reviewing night one and two of Best of the Super Junior, as well as covering all the latest news in the world of New Japan Pro Wrestling. You can support our show and network by subscribing on the podcast app of your choice and leaving a rating and review. You can also get all the podcasts and columns at socialsuplex.com. Go to socialsuplex.com forward slash subscribe to sign up to get the podcast and columns delivered directly to your email inbox. Make sure to check out our friends at purezuroad.com. On the front page right now, there's a great column by one of our listeners at TWF87 on Twitter, the Tokyo Wrestling Fan. He has a column talking about Stardom's Golden Week and a look at Purezu culture. Also, I know he was at uh, Best of the Super Junior Night 2, so maybe we'll um, message him and get some uh, inside scoop on how the, the atmosphere was of the tournament. Did you see those articles on uh, Pure Resu Road covering uh, 
Dynamite Kid and Tiger, and Tiger Mask. Mask. Yes, I did. Yeah, I was. Did you not notice how like I said it? It's kind of like our show. We recorded that before those dropped. I don't know who wrote those, but it was interesting because we were like, "What was that?" Just last week when we were talking about those matches. Yeah, and I was like, "Yeah, it's kind of become fashionable nowadays for people to dislike those matches and you know rate them real low and that sort of thing." And then that's exactly what that person was saying. Uh, we must be frequenting the same forums. <laughs> <and stuff. laughs> yeah, but yeah, I thought uh, that's another write up. If you get a chance, I saw that on the uh, on the New Japan Reddit uh, forums or whatever you want to call it. I don't know what the proper term is. Is Reddit a forum or what? Uh, what's the deal? I, I think it's just called a Reddit. You know, it's just Reddit. The New, New Japan Reddit. Yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's its own gimmick. Is this <laughs> one of them uh, flamgasted? Uh, online chat rooms <laughs> like dude I don't know what anything's supposed to be called like online I suck at the internet it's just just called the internet <laughs> but that was a really 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 good write up so yeah if you get a chance uh, they did like a match by match series and brief analysis really really well written I, yeah yeah Pro Rosa Road's good man yeah, so check those guys out. Always great stuff on there. And, of course, our podcast is featured on there. So if you're the ace. <laughs> it's Ibon. So you can check us out there as well as the Social Suplex Podcast Network, socialsuplex.com. So as I mentioned, we're talking about best of the Super Juniors night one and two. Uh, things kicked off. Uh, night one kicked off on May 18th. And this was a pretty solid show. Uh, I I would go way beyond pretty <laughs> solid. <laughs> I don't know, man. This maybe it was just me, but like I thought that this was like up there, like show of the year contender. I know it's not gonna win that or anything like that, but I mean, uh, l- last year's night one was very similar, where like all the matches delivered. But th- I thought this was better. Like watching this. Now, granted, what, there's how many matches on the card? Eight? Yeah, I believe so. So, I mean, you know, with eight matches, it is hard to say, because what I'm going to do is I'm going to compare this to a TakeOver show, Uh, but when you compare the top four matches for the tournament to sitting through, like, a TakeOver, it's the same, it's like the same thing to me, man, like, and the undercard wasn't bad either, the undercard, the whole show was an easy yeah, I mean, I like breezed through watching both of these nights. I had to watch them back to back on Sunday. I mean, it was like by the time I got down to the second one, I was like, that's it. I thought night two was very good, but it wasn't. I thought night one, just the quality of the matches and the lineup and everything like was it just seemed like everyone was clicking on all cylinders. And I was like, wow, this was literally one of the best New Japan shows I've watched all year yeah and i mean with with how much like new japan we watch you know that might seem like hyperbole but i mean you really have to rack your mind like there's how many times is it that we watch a show where it's solid and then there's a couple good really good matches like they deliver and you think the show's great but it's not like everything the whole way through is always from start to bottom like usually you know you have some right some gems in the semi-main or main Right, yeah, yeah. And then exactly. sometimes the undercard is, you know, kind of rough or tough to get through, but not that was not the case. Yeah. Pretty much on either of these nights, but definitely night one more so than night two. Yeah, and we'll we'll do a more in, in depth you know, review here in a second, but I mean there's just a lot that I liked about it. I like the fact like that they've got the juniors and the, the heavyweights tagging together. 
uh, on the undercards throughout. I just I thought the matches yeah, were the, really the good. The undercard seemed really f- like refreshed, like a, a fresh uh, look at the undercard. I feel well, like. Yeah, because they're coming out to the juniors music, and like we got like the junior interactions, but also like the heavyweights with the juniors going right. at it. And there was no Tenzan and Nakanishi. Oh, the New uh, Japan dads. Yeah, no New Japan dads. I mean, love those guys. No Kojima. It, well, yeah, exactly. We we haven't seen Kojima in a while. <laughs> yeah, but that's all right. I've been getting my Kojima fill on Twitter. I follow Kojima. <laughs> <laughs> he posts the most random stuff. You, you want to talk about no New Japan dads? There's no Kojima, man. Well, we haven't had a Kojima in a while. <laughs> But hopefully, you know, he'll he'll be back soon. Hey, Kojima's good, man. But, I mean, he's no Chase Owens. Dude, we're going to talk about Chase, <laughs> Chase Owens in a few minutes. Cause but, yeah, just finishing my point, this this was literally, I thought night, night two was good, too. Very, very good. But night one was like, I was like, this is takeover level. It might not have, like, the same... I don't know, importance of a takeover because, you know, it feels like a pay-per-view and stuff. But, I mean, right. these tournament matches matter. Everything that happens right now is p- going to play a huge role into what happens over the next three weeks. And, um, yeah, this night was just great. This was one of the best, like, Corkin shows. This was the best Corkin show, show I've all, seen all, all year. year. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. one of the best New Japan, but it's the best Corkin show. Yeah, so... Uh, night one kicks off. We have Shota Umino teaming with Kushida, taking on the team of Chris Sabin and Ren Narita. So obviously they're getting ready. This match was to get get a little preview of Kushida and Chris Sabin, who are uh, supposedly battling over custody of Alex Shelley. Who was saying that? A lot of people have been just been joking and saying that Kushida and Saban have been fighting for the rights of Alex Shelley. I just, I had this like, uh, I don't know, this like scenario in my head that they've never met before. And then like, they just sat down and they're like, oh yeah, we're going to have a, have a good match tomorrow, brother. He's like, yeah. And he's like, what, what have you been up to in your career lately? I haven't seen you in a while. And he's like, oh, well, you know, I've just been tagging with the, the machine guns. He's like, oh, how's that going? He's like, good. He's like, Who, who's in the machine guns? He's like, oh, you know me, Alex Shelley. He's like, wait, wait, wait. Alex Shelley's my tag team partner. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like... No, yeah, I know, but he's he's my tag team partner. No, Alex Shelley's my tag team partner. <laughs> That's just like, I just imagine, like, both these men are, like, secretly in love with Alex Shelley. That's what it's all really about. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, this match was, you know, a great back-and-forth opener. Um, this was kind of a, the re-int- reintroduction of Chris Saban to the New Japan crowd. He hasn't yeah, been, we haven't seen him in a while. Right. Like the last time he was there, he was teaming with Shelly against the Young Bucks in a junior tag title match, I believe. Was didn't Did he team with ACH in the past or no? I don't think so. I can't remember. But yeah, uh, it's, it's been a while. Yeah, since it's been a while. So this is a reintroduction of Saban. Um, kind of get the crowd used to him again. And there's a lot of great interactions between uh, Saban and Kushida in this match. Also some great interactions with Umino and Narita. Um, and the, kind of like the, the theme we've been seeing with the young boys, they want into the match anytime they possibly can get into the yeah. match. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was, you know, this was very good. Uh, it's everything you'd expect, you know, from a young boy and, uh, you know, veteran match. And like you said, it was a great way to get Chris Saban in the, the W column to start off the tour. So, uh, yeah, I thought this was really good. Yeah, Saban picked up the win on uh, Umino with the cradle shot. Shock. Is that that's his finisher? 
Yeah, so he has uh, two. He has the regular Crater Shock, which he used on Omino, and then he has the All Hail Sabin, which is a, another version of the Cradle Shock. I just I saw it and I was like, all right, game time. <laughs> That's what that means to me. Yeah, it's well, game time. Be, being a Sabin mark, I instantly recognize the Cradle Shock. So yeah, and also really, really, really good crowd for Corkin. Yeah, crowd was hot. Yeah, like the whole time. So yeah, this this night started off good, good, good match with these guys. That led us into the uh, the next match, Yoshihashi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Yosh, <laughs> Yoshihashi and Sho versus Tomoyuki Oka and Dragon Lee. And uh, what were your thoughts here? Lee came in bandaged. We I didn't think we were yeah, gonna see I mean, the, the, we've been I didn't think we were gonna see him. We've been speculating for weeks now on whether or not Dragon Lee was actually gonna be able to compete in this tournament mm-hmm. but uh you know he taped taped it up and he seemed ready to go i mean didn't seem like he was missing a beat to be honest he walked out and it looked like maybe he was favoring it slightly and then the match started it was like what acl right like <laughs> or what hamstring, hamstring or was a quad oh i'm sorry yeah, yeah quad, quad. <laughs> what quad <laughs> yeah he the bell rang and like the adrenaline hit and he obviously felt no pain in that quad and was just doing dragonly stuff. <laughs> yeah, I liked I liked him teaming up with Oka, which was really cool. Um, and then you know, show, I mean, show's just been excellent. Oh yeah. Um, is this me or does Oka seem like he's uh, kind of put on some size? Yeah, that's the crazy thing about New Japan. You know, these guys we don't see them every single week. Or anything like that, you know what I mean? Right. So when they do, when when several weeks go by or a month goes by, and you see you see a tour, it gives you a lot of time to see a difference in, in the changes in their body. And I'm like, yeah, he he he's up and down when it comes to this weight thing. So I right. don't know. Uh, but he doesn't look as fat though. No, but, he's he's not as fat. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely not, he, more I'm muscle. Not, I'm not cri- I'm not fat shaming Soka <laughs> right now, Jeremy. <laughs> Okay, I'm not body shaming Tomoyuki Oka. I'm just saying, like, there's been a fluctuation. I am wondering, like, where he's going to settle in as far as, like, his uh, size and his build, that sort of thing. Right. I mean, he was huge when he came in. I don't know if you've seen Right, him. yeah, yeah. I mean, because they still use the old pictures and yeah. the matchups, and you can just see, like, he has, like, the chipmunk cheeks. And, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but, yeah, this was, this was good. Uh, and then we had Yoshihashi, which... Uh, some of our listeners actually criticized us a few weeks ago and said that we, which I think what they mean is me. <laughs> nah, no, I'm, I'm pretty harsh on Yoshihashi. You are harsh. You're, I'm not taking anything away from you. It's not that you're not harsh on him, but I'm really, 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 <laughs> really, really harsh on Yoshihashi. I, I take one gun, you take two guns. <laughs> if there was a room with me, Osama Bin Laden, Hitler, and Yoshihashi... And I had two bullets. I would shoot Yoshihashi twice. <laughs> wow, that's uh, that's a little extreme for 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 the office listeners out there. No, I'm just joking, obviously. <laughs> oh my god, I'm I'm back watching the Office again, like thirtieth time, fortieth time. I don't know. Uh, anyways, <laughs> so yeah, so what did you think? You know, what did you think of this? You know, match. I guess I thought it was another great. Well, not great. Another good match. Mm-hmm. Um, I've mentioned in the past, love Oka's belly to bellies and his suplexes. Um, there were some great exchanges between Sho and Dragon Lee here. Yeah, I would say, and we'll get more into it, but obviously, 
we're going to talk about their match, but I would say of all the junior guys that that were having a match in the tag style on that night, mm-hmm. their interactions were the most were the best. I don't know if this was overall the best match for for the undercard, but uh, Dragon Lee and Show like watching right. them go at it in this, I was like, oh, I mean, crap! Like both of them are great workers, but I was I didn't know how like the chemistry would work out between those oh, guys. I knew because CMLL. Uh, well, I've never seen any of their CMLL stuff. It doesn't matter. Remember, uh, I mean, just in general. Remember, like, uh, Fantastica Mania? Yeah. Right? Like, these guys have been to Mexico. I'm not saying... I don't know, like, how much they've worked together, but Sho and Yo know how to work that style. Yeah. Right. Probably better than almost... They just can't... I mean, like, it's actually crazy. Like, the a lot, all the junior guys, like them... Hiromu, Desperado, all went to CMLL. They, well, not not all went, but they were not CML exactly. CMLL exactly, but they've all been to Mexico, right? And most of them have worked CMLL. You're correct in that. So, um, yeah, man, like this is this. Yeah, the, the, they're on fire together. Like I, I, I really did enjoy this match. I thought it was about as good as the the opener. Solid, you know, three star affair. Yeah, but it really, really, really got me excited for. Yeah, the, it was a yeah, it was a great preview of what we were going to see the next night. Uh, and this match ended up with uh, Yoshihashi locking on that weak butterfly lock. Yeah, I was going to say something. Oka. I, I cannot stand it, that that hold. Yeah, we've mentioned it several times now. Every time he locks it in, it just it does not look like it hurts. I'm sorry. Like I've seen other people do butterfly locks where you know. They hook both arms completely underneath, and they wrap the legs around the torsos and like crank up. That looks like it hurts. That looks like a submission. Him just looks like it looks like a rest hold, and he just it looks like he's cranking on a rest hold, and then the dude taps out. Yeah, I I don't like it like even a little bit. I'm not even gonna lie. Uh, <laughs> it just it doesn't look good. That's that's my problem. Right? With it. Yeah. It just yeah. It's not. I wish he would have just finished him off with his uh, regular finisher. I don't even remember um, what his regular finisher is right now. Yoshihashi? Yeah. Uh, it's crap. <laughs> <laughs> That's my problem. Like, you know, people people do say, like, you know, that we're overly critical of him. And here's the thing. He can go in the ring. Like, he's he's definitely not the worst person on the on – the, uh, Roster, but at the same time, like he's a really good hand. He's not somebody that, uh, even when he's doing well and putting on a great performance, that I I care about. I don't know if it's his. Well, I know I definitely know it's his character work, right? But I don't know if it's just that. It could also be like his facial. Yeah, I don't think he has great facial expressions. Like he, he physically speaking, he's a he's a great fighter or you know wrestler, but uh. Yeah, I just don't ever get excited about anything that he does at all. And maybe I'm being, like, biased or unfair, but that's just how I literally feel about the whole thing. I don't yeah, know. I mean, I, I pretty much roll my eyes anytime Yoshihashi comes up on my screen. Yes, I'm sure I'll see some solid action, but, like, I just don't care about this guy. I have no investment in Yoshihashi. Yeah, I mean, I I would I would say I don't either, but uh, I don't know. I, I I remember hearing someone say once in the past that they need to repackage him at this point, right? And it seems like maybe that is the case because all his contemporaries, the guys that are his age and that trained and came up in the same classroom, they've all had a great success. And I mean, I'm not 
if if you want to say like being part of chaos and being a featured guy who gets to wrestle in uh, G ones and stuff is successful, then you know by all means that's great because he does have a good little spot in, right. in the company. I, I really did love his match with uh, Nagata last year at G one. Yeah, he and he puts out great matches like that all the time. His uh, even this year, like he had a really great match in the New Japan Cup with uh, who was that with was that with. Ibushi or Ibushi? Ibushi, yeah. Him and Ibushi was fire this year, and I mean he does deliver when he needs to. It's just he sucks. <laughs> he, like he's so boring. I don't. I I don't know how to describe it. Like there's nothing about him that's compelling to me, from his look, from his character. I I don't know what he's supposed to be still to this day. If he's supposed to be like a Dragon Ball Z. Character? To me, he looks like a, like a knockoff Final Fantasy character. Yeah, or like that he's supposed to be in Soul Calibur or something. Like yeah. that's what it looks like to me, and it just doesn't connect. Maybe there is a fan base out there that that likes him. I don't know. Well, clearly there are, because I mean, we've had a couple of people say how hard we are in Yoshihashi. I think they're just. I don't think. But do they love him? I don't think there's anyone that's like passionate right. about Yoshihashi. Like, like if he got released today, would people really care? No, I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't at all. And I, like, I'm glad that he's never held gold in this company. <laughs> I don't know why I, I like I feel I do feel like Michael Scott and Toby. Like I'm trying I want to try to like him, but he is the worst. He is the worst. <laughs> I want to look at him and be like, why are you the way, the way you that you are? I hate so much about the things that you choose to be. <laughs> Oh, man. But, uh, yeah, he hit that freaking butterfly lock. Oka tapped out. So I cannot wait for Oka with a gimmick to come back and destroy this man. Yes. So, yeah, let's get that going. Yeah. So uh, next up we had uh, Desperado and Minoru Suzuki taking on the team of uh, Risuke Taguchi and Toa Hanare. And not to fear, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Suzuki came out to Kazne Ninare. I know everybody was up in arms that he wouldn't come out to that song during tag matches, but it seems like only eight and ten man tags that they'll come out to the big Suzuki Gun theme, but for just regular tags, he will still come out to Kazne Nina Ray. Yeah, I'm down with that. It was, a, it was a big deal on the internet, so I just wanted to address that. I mean, I noticed it. I don't have any, I don't have anything to add to it. Like, right. cool. <laughs> that, that, I'm down. Like I said, I'm down with that. Cool. Yeah. So obviously, this match was no shock with uh, Suzuki Gun attacking before the bell. Uh, Suzuki just beating the crap out of Hanare. And this match was supposed to give us a little preview of Desperado and Gucci. But at the end of this, I was more interested in seeing a one-on-one match between Suzuki and Toa Hanare. Bro, they're getting Toa Hanare over, over. with me. Dude, we care more about Toa Hanare than Yoshihashi. Oh, I pretty much always have. Like, not that's not new at all. Even when I disliked him, I cared more about him than Yoshihashi. <laughs> I care about everybody more than Yoshihashi, Jeremy. Like, that's not that's not a big... But I care about him a lot right now. Um, yeah, after this whole series of, of, you know, matches with Ishii and then the, the big payoff, they got him working Suzuki. Like, either Toa Hanare is really loved in the office or he's really hated <laughs> one of the two because they got him in there with killers yeah this is this is gonna be a tough tour for him yeah I know I think it's gonna be good because you know a guy like him and the style of worker that he looks to be and he will be like 
who better for them to pair him up with than Minoru Suzuki? Right. And this is an education. Right. Like, and I feel like by to- fire. Toa is one of those guys who are trying to get ready to be in like the quote unquote like strong style division that can give you like a strong style match. And he's so, coming along, man. Yeah. So he's he, coming along. He had like you know the first course strong style one hundred and one with you know Ishii. Now he's in uh, two hundred and one with Suzuki. Yeah, yeah. So I'm. I I was very very. I I really 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 liked the uh, interactions between Suzuki and Hanare. I thought that, you know, it was. I just thought it was good, man. It was just good. It was stiff, striking, strong style. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, hopefully Suzuki will teach him how to throw that crisp like razor elbow that he throws and oh, like, yeah. have someone carry on his legacy because nobody throws a freaking forearm like Suzuki. I don't know what the deal is but yeah so that this was good yeah still still holding out hope to see the toa bottom hit him one day i mean yeah we haven't seen the toa bottom at all yet and then um you know aside from this was good i mean i thought the suzuki goon crap like pulled this match a bit down for me yeah but and then obviously like it was what you expected you know toa hanari got gotched that is one thing i will say i like about this so obviously we're not expecting in most cases for the juniors to be taking the pinfalls on this tour, which is very refreshing to me. But at the same time, for these undercard matches, you know who's gonna win. Yeah. If you got Toa Hinari and Minoru Suzuki on the tag team, dude, it's gonna be. We're gonna see a lot of gotch power drivers yeah, this tour. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, but yeah, this was good. This was good, and I, I don't know. What do you? Let me ask you, Suzuki, Suzuki Hinari. We getting that? We need to. <laughs> I don't think we are. Yep. I think I think it'll just be a tag uh, like a tag deal, uh, you know, on throughout like the tour, and then maybe one day. But I don't think we'll get yeah. a singles match right now. Hmm. Do you think Toa Hinari will be in the G One? I don't know. I mean, we kind of a couple of weeks ago looked over like who we thought would be in the G One, just based off of positioning and well, and current storylines. But I don't know. I mean, this it's a t- it's tough to get into G One. Remember Kevin Kelly was saying that essentially they were going to release some big news about the G1 soon, and then they didn't end up doing it. Well, he said, it. he said that they're going to release an announcement at Dominion. No, he said before Dominion. Uh, I thought. Maybe uh, I was mistaken. Well, I know this past on Monday, I think it was Monday's Super Junior. He I'm said, talking about before uh, that. Gotcha. Before that, he was saying, hey, if you're listening, maybe you can remind me. I don't remember exactly when, but he he was saying that they were going to announce something. I thought, it, when was the last big show? It was uh, Sakura Genesis? Yeah. Yeah, I thought they were going to release something at Sakura Genesis, and they didn't. And so I guess now it looks like it's going to be Dominion. So, But um, he was saying at the time that some of the announcements about the G1, there's people that we wouldn't think that are going to be in it, and there's people we think that will be in it, that have been in it in years past that are not going to be in it this year, and that leads me to believe that, like, if if we're taking Kevin Kelly by his word, which he seems, obviously, like, he, he, what he, he usually likes to hint at things, uh, you might see a Hanari in this tournament. Right, I mean... He could get rid of some of those New Japan dads. Like, well, yeah. obviously, Nagata had his last G1 already. And, yeah, he, so he, did Tenzan. Yeah, but, I mean... And, so, I mean, like, there's basically just Nakanishi left, and I don't think he's going to be in it. And, right, and Kojima's and probably Kojima's not going to be in it. We're probably not going to get any New Japan dads. They should put Liger in it. <laughs> oh, you think I'm joking? I'm not joking. Get Liger back up to heavyweight? He is a heavyweight. Look at the man, like... <laughs> Give give Liger a nostalgia run, man. But um, 
who knows? Maybe we'll go with my four block like idea. Oh yeah. I I'm so down for that. I, I think it's the right Maybe way. uh Toa and Suzuki end up in a block together. That could happen. I don't know I don't think Toa Hanari will be in it, but I'm I'm wondering if like Maybe we'll get Suzuki and him down the road. We'll see. Yeah. But this is good. And then um, that leads us to the fourth and final, I guess what you'd say, undercard portion of the show. Uh, prelim, yeah. Yeah, the prelim. So uh, Evil and Hiromu Takahashi were taking on Chase Owens and Marty Skrull. And what did you think here? This was another, uh, you know, solid match here. Have you seen Hiromu's book? Yes, I saw Hiromu's book. He brought it out to ringside. You know, he has a little drawn up, you know, of what he, like, calls each wrestler. Have you seen the actual, like, the interpretations? I know um, Skrull is, like, Umbrella umbrella Man. Um, Taguchi is, uh, used to be genius, now pervert. Once genius, <laughs> now <No>. pervert. <laughs> oh, oh, my, my God. Gosh. Yeah, uh... For Flip Gordon, it's the tale of the Flippy Rabbit. Um, for isn't like Dragon Lee, like he loves him or something. Like it just says love. I don't know. Yeah. For ACH, it says nice smile. <laughs> for Ishimori, it says nice to meet you. <laughs> and it's hilarious. Oh, and if, if you guys don't know what we're talking about, uh, Hiromu, I think he did this gimmick last year too. So, but he uh, he has this giant like book that he made out of like you know construction paper. Something it looks like something like a little a kid kindergartner would, would make. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it's a book that he he wrote with all the different. It's a list of the competitors for best of super juniors, and uh, he's bringing it out to ring with him. And if it's actually on his Twitter, so we already yeah. told you last week. Yeah, go check out his Twitter. And he's been handing it to uh, Milano every it night. Is so funny, bro. <laughs> Milano's like, oh. <laughs> and then at the end, like the last one, it's like it says it's Bushi, and it says see you in the finals. Yes. <laughs> Oh my gosh! And uh, like Lij is gonna gonna run the whole tournament, and it's just gonna be him and Bushi. That's well. Hilarious. There's some funny comments from Takahashi after his first round match. I want to get to when we get to that match a little bit later. Okay. Um, Speaking of which, did you see the uh, press conference? Um, I saw bits and pieces of the press conference. Uh, the Marty Skrull promo. He almost didn't make it. I know he had some flight delays, and he came in like a G at the yeah. last second. Like it was freaking awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. We'll, we'll talk about that. And I saw, you know, Takahashi being Takahashi. Takahashi, yeah. The whole, did you see the thing with him and, Dar- like, Daryl? Yes. He had, like, a meltdown. is awesome. Uh, speaking of Daryl, we saw a Daryl in this matchup. There was a, a young lady that was holding, um, that brought her own Daryl. What, what are the deal with those? You told, I think it was you who told me once that they're for, like, I don't want to say crazy people, but, like... I think, disturbed people or something. I think it's like an um, like you know, like an emotional like support kind of thing. That, yeah, yeah. What's the deal? Well, I, I don't know the full deal on it, but I know that like New Japan doesn't sell them. Like you have to buy them from like some other place that sells like these like dolls that are gets like are supposed to like help comfort people. And I, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That's yeah. I just like. I don't know what those dolls are. I guess it like maybe that is the gimmick. Like he's disturbed and needs emotional support. I don't know. But uh, but then it became like part of his psychosis, like fantasies, and like he started giving his cat like merit, like a wife, like a wife and a, and a son. Kid, and now his kid is like grown up. Like, yeah, it's freaking yeah. weird. Um, yeah, so uh, they grabbed the Daryl from the girl, and uh, they from used the girl ringside. Yeah, from oh, a fan. Yeah. At the from be- a simple mark. 
at the beginning, this girl grabbed it, and then the girl was like crying. And then Hiromu like dropped down, picked it up, and gave it to her, and she was like so happy. Yeah. And then later on, Owens uh, grabbed it and was actually using it as a weapon um, to work over Takahashi. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty funny. I, what did he kicked him with it? Yeah. That was pretty funny. Also, something hilarious, both Owens and Skrull were plugging their uh, pro wrestling tees in this matchup. When when did that happen? Well, uh, Owens was at the very beginning, like, when he was walking into the ring, and he had his, uh, you know, chase on the case. He's like, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Chase Owens. No, I think it's the Crown Jewel shirt. Yeah, Crown Jewel shirt, yeah. Yeah. And then Skrull... Uh, I'm on... I don't really want to buy any more wrestling shirts. I have two, and that's enough. <laughs> But man, that crown jewel shirt's kind of cool. <laughs> might, I might have to get that. <laughs> yeah, Jeremy's Super Kick Party. What was what? Super Kick Club? Super Kick Club shirt came in, so that's great. I'm gonna have to see you walk around <laughs> with that crap on. And then uh, Skrull, there was somebody wearing one of the villain shirts in the crowd. He's like, "That's a great looking T-shirt." ProWrestlingTees.com/slash/MartyScope. Yeah, that was pretty funny. <laughs> he did some. Oh wait, so, like someone was wearing a shirt, and then he he gave him the finger. Yeah, he was like, "High five. Yeah, I flicked them off. <laughs> yeah, I like I like Marty Skrull as a heel when he plays that heel like douche character. So yeah, I kind of like that. I was feeling it. Yes, yeah, so. I want to see him break a fan's fingers. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's up with me. I'm like I want to talk about everything but like the matches. <laughs> well, I'm, I mean, I'm just ready to get into the junior matches. Right. Well, we're almost there. There wasn't really much of this match. Um, come well, to was this the match with uh, the Paradise Cycle or was that the no next, next match? Um, this match Evil gets the uh, Banshee muzzle on Chase Owens and Owens taps out. So evil. Wait, wait, wait. Who got that? Evil. That's, that was a submission he debuted in the G1 last year. The Banshee muzzle. It's like a yeah. single chicken wing cross face maneuver kind of thing. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was tight. That was really, really, really good move. I like that a lot. I was trying to. I wanted to do research about it and figure out what that was, and then talk about it here on the show and be like, well educated. But then I forgot about it, and then. <laughs> We're, now we're here, and I'm like, oh yeah, what was that? <laughs> that was dope. <laughs> yeah, the banshee muzzle. You know, that was like I said. He no, I really liked it. Though. Yeah, he brought that out in the G1 last year. That's kind of like his alternate uh, submission finish. So I guess he's kind of getting you know people used to that finish again. G1's coming up. I'm sure he's going to be using that banshee muzzle. Yeah. Um, in the tournament again. So then that leads us into the main course. So. We start off with the very first match of the A block of Best of the Super Juniors, 25. The the Tiger Mask 4 taking on Yoshinobu Kanemaru. Let's get it on, dog. What 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 are you thinking? Alright, so this is gonna be interesting because we Just say just say what you think. How good was this match? So I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> like I thought it was Three stars. It, it was a good title. This match freaking <laughs> ruled. This match was incredible. This uh, okay. It wasn't a match of the year or nothing like that. It was. I'll, I'll agree. It was the best Tiger Mask match in a long time. In a long time. But I'm still not over the moon like you seem to be with this match. But I'm not the only one, bro. Like I was so shocked at how good this was. Like, dude, you were in Texas. Me and Rich were here in the living room. Chilling in uh, Strong Style Studios, and uh, yeah, man, like we were popping for this match, and I don't know if it's just because it's the first tournament match, but I really don't think it was. Like Tiger Mask and Kanemaru, 
Yes, they had some smoke and mirrors. Yes, they were doing a lot of gimmicky crap, but they did it in a good way. This match was three and like three quarters, bro. When's the last time? When's the last time? Freaking Tiger Mask sniffed over three and a half stars in a singles match. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm sticking with like a flat three, maybe 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 three three and a quarter, but okay. Let's so let's talk about things. So, Kanemaru just is trying his hardest to cheat. Like to get the easy, right, like, pulling out every Suzuki gun trick in the book there is. He's pulling out like other like yeah, he was pulling everything out <clears> that he <throat> could, and then um you know a lot of fighting on the on the outside and stuff like that. Tiger Mask was just super resilient, you know. Um, two like really old like grumpy, grumpy yeah, Grumpy Tiger Mask was definitely at play, and so was Grumpy Kanemaru. Yeah, like just these two old dudes who know they got a long way to go in this tournament, so they're just trying to get the quick win and pull it out as quickly as possible. Um, Tiger Mask going for like desperation head kicks and Tiger Drivers and he's not picking up the win. Kanemaru, you know, fighting dirty. And then, bro, what about the point where Kanemaru tried to get a count out win and while Tiger Mask is trying to get in, he starts throwing young boys at him. him. Yes, that was hilarious. I didn't I did pop for that. <laughs> Bro, I haven't popped so hard for... The last time I popped for a uh, like a near count out like that where the guy was trying to cheat was when Brian Kendrick uh, in the Cruiserweight Classic, he took Kota Bushi's foot and he tried, oh, to, he tried to tie it up into the guardrail. <laughs> yeah. And then he ran inside. Out, and the whole time I was watching it, that match, I was like, dude... Brian Kendrick is wrestling Kotobushi like it's beat the streak mode in WWE 2K like 13. <laughs> <laughs> like he's pulling out everything he can. Like if he can just just, get it, just to win, just like, to win, yeah. like just pick up the W. And uh, yeah, I so I really, really, really dug the, the 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 like. And then like he was throwing young boys into him and using them as like an offensive weapon. Like I, I don't know, I never seen anybody do that. Yeah, that was definitely innovative. Um, Tiger Mask hit a great uh, butterfly superplex for a near fall. Um, Transition to an arm bar Kanemaru fights out Barely gets to the rope uh, Kanemaru fights off a tiger suplex He gets a low blow in a cradle for a near fall They go to the floor Kanemaru hits a slam Then as you mentioned he slams a young lion on a tiger um, Kanemaru tosses a lion from the ring On the tiger Tiger barely beats the count Kanemaru sets tiger up and hits the superplex But then tiger cradles him on the landing And gets the Upset win. So that's another thing. Both of these guys at different points hit stuff where you thought the match was over. And I mean, sure, like, if you want to be pessimistic, you can sit there and say, like, oh, well, like, it was too early in the match, so it was pretty obvious. But, like, I don't know. Like, I, I mean, the, the first uh, Tiger Driver, I thought it was going to be over. Yeah, yeah. Like, I thought there was a lot of times where this match was going to be over. And then it kept going, kept going, and Ken Amaro just couldn't couldn't like finish tiger mask and i was looking at rich and i was like because oh yeah by the way i suck at predicting these things well uh, <laughs> a majority of us sucked at predicting this i was trying to look at some of the numbers today a majority of the people in the contest um picked kanamaru to beat tiger mask here you know i gotta give hats off to jeremy because he kind of headed up the whole entire best of the super juniors tournament like getting you the information out to you guys getting like collecting everything like i have no clue how many brackets we got we have uh, over 40 we do yeah right now yeah Holy crap. 
Do you think it was because I sent out that last uh, that last one a few days before? I mean, that definitely helped because I mean, um, I know early last week we had like twenty three brackets wow, in. That's cool. I was gonna kayfabe it, and not tell everybody the real number, <laughs> uh, but that's cool. We got over forty three, so I mean, that's for. Hey. Well, honestly, I wasn't. I mean, this is a difficult tournament to book. Like, this is not. I mean, the, the New Japan Cup was single elimination, very easy to enter. This you had to think about. It was took a lot of thought, and we'll talk of, about our brackets towards the end. But yeah, like. Uh, yeah, my hat's off to you, man, because you kind of threw that thing together. I know it was last minute, and, uh, yeah, I haven't had much to do with it. All I did was, like, on Friday, um, bef- well, spoiler alert, I submitted my bracket on the day of. <laughs> so I finished mine. I think I finished mine Thursday night. Well, I was – okay, I'll just say this. Yes, we did close the brackets, and I, I guess technically I shouldn't have been – technically, I guess my bracket is illegal. I don't know. But, uh, I was, well, you, you sent the picture to me before you even watched anything. Before I watched it, but right. how do you know I didn't go, like, get spoiled and look it up online? <laughs> I could have easily, but – You could have, but you you would have gotten more right. <laughs> yeah, because I got, I, got, I got three of the first four matches wrong, and I think I only got two of the night two matches. So, I mean, yes, I would have definitely made sure – I got more than what I got right. Yeah. But um but yeah, I mean, I'm she- a man of integrity. <laughs> but no, we were me me and Rich were like, dude, is Tiger Mask because the Tiger Mask was kicking out everything. We're like, is Tiger Mask really about to pick up the victory? And then when he got like when he picked up that that cradle and the one, two, three, like we popped and I was like, oh crap. This, like this went from like a three and a half to like three and three quarters for me. Like this match was great. And, hey, and you know what's crazy? I think a lot of people are I know I thought about this too. We're thinking maybe. Go on, oh, go ahead. I think a lot of people were thinking Tiger was going to go on like a Jushin run last year and like lose every match except maybe like the last one. Um, and so people were, weren't expecting this upset win here. Um, and so yeah, that was a big surprise. I don't have it booked that way. I've got. I don't now. Originally, the I'll, the first time I, I went over my bracket like several times. I did several scenarios, and I, one of those scenarios, one of my early scenarios, was Tiger Mask losing everything except maybe like one match. But I, I changed it up. I think I think he's here to to take pinfalls absolutely, and I don't think he's gonna go deep in the tournament. But I've got him winning twice, and if he wins three times or. I wouldn't say four, but at least three times. I won't be too surprised. But this was a great win for him. Great booking idea. Ten minutes and 30 seconds. Very, very, very good match for for what it was. Uh, It wasn't the match of the night even, but I give this a high recommendation. I I thought it was very good. And if you go online, did you go online and look? Because I told you, like, I'm not the Um, one who feels this way. I listened to a couple podcasts, and I know they had some strong feelings to it. I haven't seen uh, what anybody said online yet. I didn't go look at the discussions. <laughs> We're yeah, because I'm not the only one who felt that way. Like that match was that match freaking ruled. So, uh, AC, yeah, so, so match number two of the night after after that classic. <laughs> ACH against Flip Gordon. ACH, the AAW world heavyweight champion. The real world champion. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, this match. I freaking love this match. This I thought this was a very awesome match. Hey, me too. Yeah. Me too, bro. This, this match was insane. So, I knew it was going to be good because gifts started coming out. And even though I was spoiler-free, like, I couldn't really avoid the gifts. Well, I didn't watch any of them, but I just saw multitudes of them popping up. And I was like, oh, these guys must have done some crazy crap. Luckily, I stayed spoiler-free 
Me my, too. My whole weekend. I Me too. No gifts, anything. Well, I knew there was gifts, but that's yeah, bad. I didn't see anything until I got back from Texas on Sunday. Yeah, this so. man Jeremy's out here jet setting you guys. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so ACH AAW champion taking on Flip Gordon from Ring of Honor. Uh, man, this was just a high flying extravaganza. Yeah, and you know what? It was high flying in a way that. Because remember, I was like, you know, you talk about like Ricochet and Will Ospreay and all that. But that was like an exhibition of like the first match. The first match that got all that press and everything, that was just like pure athleticism, pure like almost pageantry to a degree. And there's a lot of people that had problems with it. But I I defy almost anybody to watch this match and say, oh, it's just two guys doing gymnastics. This wasn't that. Even though they did a lot of that, this was freaking insane this was this was like sabu bro yeah and like and rvd the one thing i love about flip gordon like even though yes he's doing a lot of dives and flips like his the intensity on his face when he does his dives and flips like it looks like he's actually trying to hurt the person with his flips yeah <clears throat> and you know what technically speaking this was his new japan pro wrestling debut even though he was at the uh Honor, honor Rising, Rising like tour. That was more of a Ring of Honor show. Yeah, it's a it's, it's a Ring of Honor show featuring New Japan guys in <clears throat> in Corican. But this was a true New Japan show. Oh, by the way, View Japan. You see the you yeah see the, 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 the Easter fi- egg from uh, Fire Pro Wrestling. Bro, I really dug that. We'll, we'll we're gonna talk about there was some Fire Pro Wrestling news that yeah, broke out today. Yeah. We'll talk about it. But uh, yeah, that and then the FPW. Did you see the other uh, the FPW initials in the? Yes, yes, the other corner, yeah. I loved that. Yeah. I thought that was so So, yeah, Fire Pro Wrestling is sponsoring um, this tournament. Really cool. But, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Flip um, Flip was awesome. And, you know, there's been a lot of naysayers since, um, like, New Japan fans specifically since – because not everyone who watched New Japan follows, like, Ring of Honor or or the Indies, even though I'm sure there's a lot of crossover – there are a lot of people that just like New Japan or, right. or just watch New Japan and WWE. They're, they're not as familiar. But there's a lot of people that didn't really take the flip on his first tour in Japan. But I do you feel like opinions are going to change after this? Because we've been saying. Yeah, dude. Flip Gordon's a man. And, you know, the Japanese crowd, like, took to him immediately. I mean, they, um, after his, um, just from his entrance, the, the flip and pulling the pants off, they popped big for that. <clears throat> And yeah, all his moves, I mean, they were going crazy for this flip guy. Flip a go on. <laughs> flip a go on. Let's go flip. Let's go flip. Yeah, they yeah. love flip. I don't even know what the, what, what the deal with flip and the Japanese crowd is. Like, we might have a new uh, Juice Robinson situation. All right, yeah. Here. Maybe uh, Juice can uh, do some midnight cardio, take flip, <laughs> flip along with him, those cardio runs. We're so freaking corny. <laughs> but yeah, no, that would... Uh, Dude, this match was there was so much stuff that yeah. happened. So how about them brawling out into the crowd, bro? Yeah. Like, yes, we see brawling in the crowd from time to time, especially with Suzuki Goon, but you know, this wasn't this was like a lot this had a different feel to it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And um man, talk about this match, man, because I'm lost like you probably caught more of it than I did, like as far as retention anyways. Yeah, I mean Overall, solid, you know, very awesome match. ACH came in here, taped up like he. This was like the last day of the tournament. Um, you know, a lot of people have been wondering where ACH is. Obviously, he's an AAW, he's a champion. He's also been wrestling a lot in MLW. Um, Are we gonna see him in September? 
maybe. All maybe. in, yeah, maybe. All in. Well, we're gonna <clears throat> we're gonna go to those two AAW shows. I I would imagine. Yeah, definitely. Um, Star-studded affairs. What would they be without keeping a strong style? <laughs> but yeah, um, this match even like. The, the beginning sequences with the lockups and the the brawling and the high flying like I just really 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 like this match uh, we got that spot from Flip where he does the bounce from the one rope to the other rope oh I love that spot I do too I also love his spot where he like springboards and like super kicks you know what I'm talking about yeah 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 yeah, yeah. That was awesome. Um, also, his um, his Samoan uh, drop thing he does, where like he does like a Samoan drop and like pops up backwards. Yeah, 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 almost like the reverse Kenny. Like you can't escape. Yeah, yeah. And then um, that taking nothing away from ACH because ACH was awesome in this match. And there was the one spot where Flip was at the top rope and um, ACH ran up the turnbuckle like the way Will Osprey or like Tiger Mask used to do. And while he was doing that, he like. I don't even know what you'd call it. Like, I guess, like a reverse kick or like a... It, it, it was like something you see in parkour. Like yeah. Running up the wall and then he kicked freaking Will Ospreay in the arm. Oh, flip, you mean Flip Gordon? I'm sorry. Flip Gordon in the arm. Uh, there I go. Again. <laughs> Calling people the wrong names. But uh, yeah, he kicked him in the arm. And that spot was like mind-blowing. I was like, how are these guys doing this? Also, the arm work. The arm work. Like, yeah. That was something that put this match over for me. Was there was just there was great psychology in this match too. So, yeah, really, really, really dug this. Yeah, just to kind of recap the end a little bit. Oh wait, before we do that, Will, yeah. o- Will Ospreay's dive in the crowd when he when he dove over the stairs. Oh yeah, and that was which match was that? I'm, I'm sorry, I keep saying Will Ospreay. Uh, Flip. Flip Gordon. Yeah, they went into the crowd mm-hmm. and they're up in the balcony. Yes, and he goes on. Yes, 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 yes. And he he. Gets on the ledge where, like, if he didn't clear the whole, and it wasn't. I'm sure other people have done it, but like, he he had to jump over the gap between the floor and the stairs, and he crossbodied like ACH. It was just like an awesome, like, yeah, dude. That was like, yeah, yeah. So really, really great. Uh, give us the rundown, man. Yeah. So flip. He hits that uh that Samoan drop pop up thing, and then he follows it up with the uh, shooting star press. For near fall, then uh, Gordon goes up to the top. ACH cuts him off of Insiguri and covers for two. They trade strikes. Gordon fires up as HEA lights him up. Gordon then hits a springboard spear, which I really like that for a near fall. Um, then he goes for a falcon arrow for two. Gordon lays in a super kick, heads up to the top, goes for the spiral tap, misses. HH fires himself up, does a deadlift German with one arm. That that was awesome. That was awesome. Yeah. Then hits a uh, running knee strike and the package DT, which he calls the Soul Buster, and gets the win here. Yeah, so some of my thoughts here. So I had flip. I think I had flip winning this first match, but I was wrong. But, um, you know, a guy like Flip, who's still young in the business, but he's a great performer. I think this this whole tournament is going to not only be an opportunity as far as like notoriety and breaking him out and everything like that, but to learn from all these guys. Yeah, he's going to learn a lot. And, then, no, and to grow. ACH is a young guy, but he's very experienced. And how he, old is he? Uh, I'm not exactly sure how. I'll, I'll look, I'll look yeah. him up. But um, I did have I did have ACH going over flip here. I just figured um, ACH being you know <laughs> automated clearinghouse. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Thanks, Google. Yeah, you got to type in ACH wrestler. <laughs> um, yeah, ACH, you know, he's been in New Japan before. He has a lot of experience wrestling in Japan. Um, he does he usually does pretty well in these tournaments. He's the same age as me. He's 30. Oh, wow. Prime, prime, prime wrestling years. Right, yeah. Prime drawing, drawing age. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah. Um, yeah, I thought it was smart to have ACH go over on the first night with the, you know, the Corkin crowd and the New Japan crowd, you know, pretty familiar with the guy. And, uh, you know, Flip, get, like, really just drawing a lot of eyes to him and having a breakout performance, but not necessarily picking up the win. He has a lot still left right. to prove. I thought ACH was a great first opponent for him. Oh, absolutely. Their styles blended so well. And I was thinking about this, man, like... We kind of gloss over some, like, you know, we've been talking a lot about Will Ospreay's run this year. We'll talk more about it here in a little bit, but, you know, how he's had all these really, really high-end, high-caliber junior matches. But, bro, think about, like, this whole year, how many, like, undercard junior matches we've had from, like, um, Fantastica Mania till Best of the Super Juniors and all that. And there's all there, there's all these four-star and four-and-a-quarter, like, star matches like this that just freaking are awesome that we're gonna forget about by the end of the year <laughs> yeah and this I feel like this is one of those types of matches like I don't know but it was you know thinking about like Volador and like Barbero Cavernario remember how incredible that match was like, yes. we haven't even talked about it <laughs> and like I'm like this match might go that way but so far this was the best match of the tournament already right up to that point anyways so moving up next we had uh, Bushi against Yo uh huh what are your thoughts about this one? What are your thoughts about Yo's attire? Uh, not really feeling it. Yeah, I don't like it either. I remember he he wore something similar to this during the uh, Fantastica Mania, right? Yeah, during Fantastica Mania, but it was like just a derivative of their their standard tag uh, gear. apparel. Yeah, gear, where he had the one leg and then the other leg was cut off with the tassels. Yeah, he, he had like the Zack Ryder. Yeah, it looked like the old Zack Ryder uh, gimmick. Yeah, gimmick. I'm glad you remember that because I was gonna struggle remembering who, who <laughs> used to do that. Uh, but this was worse than that. Um, you know, he had just like the standard like wrestling tights, but with the one leg, it was all tasseled out and I don't want to say anything too inflammatory <laughs> but uh, I don't know I just I'll just say this I was not really a fan yeah I wasn't a big fan and of I that. don't think we're alone uh, there seemed to be a lot of people online that didn't tend to think that these that his, his gear is that good and what do you think about his uh, nickname the high and mighty is that his nickname yeah on the graphic it says the high and mighty yo yeah, I mean, I do think it's cool that Show and Yo, I guess, are getting like their own singles type yeah, of gear. And Show is Show is high voltage, which I don't like that either. <laughs> we'll talk more about that, but yeah, I didn't like that. The high and mighty, I don't know that. I guess that could be cool. Like, I don't know. It, it reminds me of like Fedor Melianenko, the Last Emperor. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that's a pretty bad a like like uh, nickname, but I don't know if it fits Yo, the yeah. character of Yo. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't catch that when when it was on there. But I nothing about his gear, like with like I don't know the jacket and the gear and the tassels, indicates to me the high and mighty. Right. Here's what we're gonna call you, pal. <laughs> the high and mighty. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> That's stupid sounding. I don't know. Yeah. So, but with that being said, Bushi. His gear. Dude, Bushi is always on point. Do you know why? 
Because he has to, because he's the lowest member on the freaking uh, uh, LIJ. Like, he's lower than everybody else. So you he's, know, he's got to floss harder than anybody else. There was a hilarious tweet I saw from Bushi about his mask. I wonder if I could find it real quick. He spent thousands of dollars on those masks. <laughs> it was it was something along those lines. Yeah, Don Callis was like, that's a... That's a three thousand dollar mask right there. I'm like, what? Where are you? Wh- who are you going to? Like, what is that mask made out of? That it costs that much money? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Oh my god! But yeah, uh, I, yeah I can't find now. But it was something online. Like he was like, you know, rent is this much, utility is this much. <laughs> um, my mask, three thousand, like super cool mask, three thousand six hundred dollars. Somebody help me budget. <laughs> um. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, Bushi came out flossing like a G, like like a PM. Just, just dripping in finesse. Yeah, like he freaking is. Yeah, he's awesome. But with that being said, taking away the character work and the the you know what they wear, I'm still on this kick where I'm like, I don't really dig Bushi. Right. I mean, I mean, Bushi. He's just. It's fine. He's fine. I mean. Every now and again, he has an okay match, but for the most part, like. He's definitely. There's a reason he's the lowest guy on um, Lij, because he is, in actuality, the lowest guy in Lij. I would much rather watch Evil work or Sonata or obviously Hiromu or Naito. Right. And like, I don't know what what it is with him as a worker, but like, I never watch Bushi and think aside from like the yeah, he's got a cool character and he's got cool clothes and the Bushi Rooney. But other than that, like his matches don't really draw me in. Right, this match overall was just okay match. I thought it was pretty good. Yo was really good. Yeah. Yo was really, really, jo- really Yo good. was doing a great job selling. Because, I mean, majority of this match, Bushi um, took majority of this match and was beating down on Yo. So, Yo did an awesome job of his selling in this match. Yeah, I was all about Yo in this match. And I was very pleasantly surprised at how well, you know, he came off when it came to this match. Um yeah, I'm just looking at my bracket here. I had a... Uh... Oh, you know what? Hmm. I did pick Yo to go over Bushi on that oh, in the huh. A block. Okay, so I didn't do as bad as I thought I so did. So you got two out. Of, you got two out of four. Yep. So I got two out of four also, but um, I did not get this one right. I had um, Bushi. I believe I had Bushi going over Yo. Yep, I had Tiger Mask. Uh, Losing to Kanemaru, which was obviously wrong, and I had Flip Gordon beating ACH, was which was wrong. But I got this match right. Yo versus uh, Bushi. I had Yo going over. However, oh, actually, I also had Yo going over Bushi. But I will say this: I've only got Yo winning four points in the whole tournament. And after this showing, I think I might have. I've got him and Show both doing only four points I, each. I have I have Yo and Show doing six points each. You're probably right. I'm probably wrong. But yeah, I did have uh, Yo over uh, Bushi. Now, here's the thing. Uh, they were kind of talking about from I was reading Chris Charlton's Twitter and he was talking about how the translations from the, the uh, Japanese commentary was that they didn't know what Yo's finisher was, <laughs> um, which was kind of like really interesting because everyone's like, well, what is he going to basically do? Because we don't we've never seen him in singles match. So we don't really know what his finisher is, which I thought was very interesting here. And also, like, not only that, but like when you when you talk about juniors, yes, in the tag division, 
Sho and Yo are obviously higher than say Abushi, but when it comes to just standings in the in the junior division, Bushi is much higher than Yo. So the fact that Yo picked up a win against Bushi, that is a huge, yeah. on the first night that was upset. huge deal. Yeah, that uh, was three upsets in a row. If you really yeah. think about it, and a lot of people um, in our contest had um, went with Bushi over Yo. So yeah, yeah. I mean, there wasn't a lot to talk about as far as like in ring. Um, but it was solid, very, very solid match. And basically at the end, uh, Bushi ended up getting caught with a – do you know what Yo's finisher was? It was like a – it was a code breaker into a cradle. Um, I don't yeah. know what he calls it No, yet. well, Yo, he countered the code breaker into a cradle. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, Bushi did a – he had a, a Canadian Destroyer. That was fall. awesome. That was yeah. awesome. I thought that was going to be the finish. I did too. Uh, but then Yo yeah, – Yo was super resilient. He, yeah. He, wrestling from underneath, he was he did a great job. Yeah, uh, Bushi was going for the Code Breaker, and then um, Yo reversed it into a cradle for the win. So he didn't really do a finisher, just – Good old small package. Well, I'm sure we will learn what that is as the <laughs> nights go on. So, at this point, we're going into the into the final match of the night. We got Tiger Mask with two points, ACH with two points, Yo with two points, which brings us to the main event: Will Osprey versus Taiji Ishimori, the Bone Soldier. And this was another incredible matchup, which, I mean, I think we predicted it was going to be. I mean, both of these guys are great workers. We talk about, we keep talking about how Osprey is on a mission to prove he's the best wrestler in the world. And Ishimori, he's now getting this platform in New Japan. He did his work in Noah, did his stuff on Impact, and now he wants to show the world and the biggest company in Japan uh, what he can do. Now, I'll say that as far as, like, technical, maybe not technical, but, like, from aerial, like, and uh, athleticism and aerial, like, you know, feats of prowess or whatever, the match between ACH and Flip Gordon's pretty hard to touch. Yeah. But this match, because obviously, you know, we had the backstory earlier last month where when, uh, you know, at, at Don, what was it, Dontaku? At uh, Secure Genesis? I'm, no, Dantaku. Oh, Dantaku. Yeah, Dantaku. Yep, so Will Ospreay, you know, beat Kushida in the semi-main event of Dantaku and then was promptly attacked by Ishimori, you know, making his debut and, you know, left him laying in the ring. So there's more of a backstory here than any other right. match Right, so this so match, far. which I love because, like, they didn't have to do, like, a whole, like, feeling out process. Like, no. The, they, bell, they, the bell rang and Ospreay, like, immediately... Jump zone. Jumped him, yeah, jump yeah. zone. Um, and was just taken to him as soon as the bell rings. And, and for you listeners, if you don't know what Jump Zone is, <laughs> so we talk about our group all the time, the Wrestling Squared Circle on uh, Facebook, and we have these like group chats. And a few years ago, well, or it was just last year, uh, when, when SmackDown, I think, I think it was like two years ago now. When, when I think it was 2016. When SmackDown was like killing it. When, yeah, 2016. Okay. So like, yeah, two years. I remember, Jinder was champion last year. Oh, yeah, you're right. So, <laughs> anyway, so when SmackDown was just, like, incredible and putting on great television, we, we would all get in these group chats or, you know, on the uh, – we do live viewing parties and everyone kind of comments. And 
Everyone was just getting jumped in freaking uh, on SmackDown. It on was- SmackDown, like every single feud was someone getting jumped, and like at first people were like World Star, <laughs> but then like I don't know who started. Was it like Richard James? Yeah, yeah, it had to be Richard James. They were like Jump Zone, <laughs> and then like basically like the the running joke was that like SmackDown became the Jump Zone. Like right. every single segment was like someone getting jumped, like- whether it was like Carmella and like Nikki or like Nikki and freaking. And, uh, uh, Natalia. Natalia. Or there's a bunch of other people, like, getting jumped at the time. Like, yeah. every single segment. And it was great. Yeah. So, like, every time someone gets jumped, we're always like, jump zone. Jump zone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, these little inside jokes. My God. We're hilarious. Do you want to tell them about the whole thing? The whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> maybe uh, maybe one day when we come out with the... Uh, what uh like a unrated un like unfiltered like uncooked yeah. uncensored raw yeah yeah maybe we'll come out with with a patreon like that we'll tell you guys about the adult content <laughs> uh all right so back to this match and, and we'll just talk about like miho abe though <laughs> yeah we'll start a patreon you want to hear me Go on for an hour about uh, Miho Abe <laughs> and uh, Tokyo Latina and the whole thing. I don't think anyone's going to pay for that, bro. Oh, my God. That sounds oh awful. God. <laughs> sounds as awful as paying 500 bucks to get a table at uh, Sarcast. <laughs> uh, we'll talk about that, too. So, Will Ospreay and Taiji Ishimori. This match... From a physicality standpoint, was just awesome. I it was the most like intense match of the of the night mm-hmm. as far as two because these guys clearly don't like each other, and then obviously Will Osprey has the target on his neck that everyone's just attacking. Right. So Ishimori started like exploiting that right away. Right. Question for you. Okay. I've been, I've been seeing this. Do you think Ishimori is too small to be a heel? No. Taz exists. I don't think so either, but I've I've been hearing a couple people say that now. Do I think he can be a great babyface? Yes, I do. But bro, I don't know. Other people, other people might not agree with me, but me and Rich were sitting there, and his facials are freaking bro. Yeah, he was vicious. He, he like um, Rich looked at me and he's like, bro, he looks at the end of the match. He was like, he looks crazier than like Takahashi. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I agree. Um, I did see someone on Reddit today say that they're kind of modeling him in the vein of like AJ Styles when he came to Bullet Club, sort of like that, like very, very similar in the portrayal of the characters, which I do actually, once they said that kind of clicked for me, I was like, I kind of agree with that. No, but I don't think that Ishimori has to be a, uh, a baby face. I think he looks, I think he's doing great heel work. Already. Yeah. I mean, his facials are great. He was very vicious. Like you mentioned, attacking the neck. He's believable to me. I yeah. don't know, man. And I, someone also posted a photo of him and uh, Bolo Young from uh, from Bloodsport, which is my favorite movie of all time. Uh, which He was Chong Lee, the, the villain. Yeah. And he looks kind of like Chong Lee. So I'm like, <laughs> yeah, it's Mini Chung. Like, of course he, of course he's a heel. Look at the dude. Like, you break brick, not hit back. <laughs> uh, one thing I loved from Ishimori, he was using... Um, the cross face, but there was one version of the cross face he was using where, like, he wrapped Osprey's, like, other arm. It's a yes like, lock. Pr- kind of. No, it is. It's the Omapata cross face. It's the same thing. It's it looked, just. It looked a little bit different than Daniel Bryan's. Bryan hasn't been applying it the way he used to. When Bryan first started applying it mm-hmm. the proper way, right. that's how he was applying it. And then he loosened it up because, you know, everyone just 
applies stuff kind of loose in in WWE, mm-hmm. but it's the same. It's the same move. Okay, I don't know. It looks kind of different to me. It's the label lock. Because gotcha. it's Omoplata. Yeah. And Omoplata is when the arm is up like this, and then you cross face the guy. It's the same move. Oh, yeah, well, it looked awesome. It looked better than the yes lock. It looks much better than the yes lock. It looks the way that the label, the label lock, the way that Ishimori is applying it. And taking nothing away from Daniel Bryan, he's obviously, we're Bryan marks, but uh, Ishimori's like, label lock looks better than Bryan's. Yeah. But like I said, Bryan used to apply it like that. If you go back to 2012, or I think it was 12 when he first debuted that move. Yeah. That's how he used to put it on. And I, it, it getting put in the omoplata, like from BJJ, it, it's not fun. It hurts. Like just put your arm like this and you'll feel what it feels like. Right. And just being cross face, I can tell you from amateur wrestling, being cross face is not fun either. No. And when, and actually I've seen someone get, it's very hard to apply this move in a real fight, but it is a real submission hold. I've mm-hmm. seen someone get tapped out in MMA from it. Um, it's like a one in a million like application, but yeah, it uh, it's real. Uh, Judo Jean Labelle is the reason they call it the Labelle. Yeah, it's from Labelle. Yeah, Judo Jean Labelle, who's a real like legend of Judo, and, and <clears throat> yes, he was a pro wrestling promoter, but the dude was one of the greatest like practitioners of Judo in his time and ground fighting. He he invented that lock, and it's real. So yeah, uh, I I noticed that too. I was I'm glad you you noticed that actually. Yeah, definitely noticed that because um, he need to work over the neck with the cross face. He had the label lock, and then he also did like a regular cross face. Um, coming on to the end of the match here, um, Osprey drops his elbow pad and fires up. Does the back elbow and reverse side suplex for a near fall? He drapes Ishimori over the ropes and hits him with a shooting star press for two. Uh, Osprey is uh, visibly frustrated. He hits the Robinson special. Ishimori counters the Stormbreaker into a reverse Rana, which just looked nasty. Just that reverse Rana, the way he landed was kind of maybe I'm wrong, but it looked bad. Yeah. I don't know if it was bad. I, I don't always have an eye for that sort of thing, but right, it didn't look like yeah. I popped for that. I was like, oh, I popped too, <laughs> but I was I was worried about his neck. I'm still worried about his neck. Like yeah. Yeah. So, Although, did you notice that Will Ospreay, no tape, no cupping marks on his, like, neck? Yeah. He actually looked a little thicker than he has recently, too. Uh, so, I don't know if he's, like, lifting weights or strength training. Something, yeah. I don't know. But, yeah. Um, yeah, so after that, Rana. Um, Spanish fly. Yeah, Spanish I fly. Yeah, that was awesome. Then Osprey fires away of kicks. He goes for the uh, Oz cutter, but Ishimori counters it into the bloody cross, which is a uh, front suplex into a code breaker. I don't like it. You don't like the bloody cross? I mentioned it last week, and I've just That's right, yeah. There's so many guys that are doing, like... You know the double knee moves, like the lung blower type moves from the back, or like the like code, code breaker. breaker, and they're all just doing different variations of the same crap. And I don't know, it's just it's pretty much the code breaker is becoming the new cutter. Kinda. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not a big fan of it personally. I'd much rather see someone get dropped on their head. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't hate it. I think it's a fine finisher for Ishimori. Uh, if you had a, if, if you could come up with with one big impact finisher for for your character, what would it be? Ishimori, or you mean like John Juris? John Juris. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I always I always just go like back and forth with different finishers. Right now, for like, me, like if you could do anything, if you're a worker, you're out there. What do you What are you gonna do? 
Uh, see, I'm I'm kind of a small guy, so I gotta do something that's like believable. So that's why I was trying to do like like submission holds, but for an impact move, I don't know. I always like like Death Valley Driver or like Burning Hammer. You can't do a Burning Hammer <laughs> as your freaking finisher. <laughs> Who are you, Michael Elgin? <laughs> My God, uh, no. For me, I've I've had this like I had this vision and like uh, I think actually. Tokyo Pimp kind of does a version of it, but the way he does like a, a fisherman buster mm-hmm. sort of. But I've had this vision where, like, if I was a wrestler, not that I will be, but if I was, I would do like a fisherman brain buster. But like, I would bring the guy up straight up, all the way up, and then yeah. hook the leg and then drill him down. Oh my god. <laughs> That'd be my finisher, uh, but I'd be the safest and greatest uh, worker there is. Brainbuster practitioner <laughs> there ever was. Better than Hashimoto. <laughs> better than uh, Austin Aries. Better than Trevor. Or no, I said Trevor Murdoch. Uh, who was it that invented the uh, Brainbuster? Is freaking. Um, he used to he used to tag team the, the West Texas Outlaws. He tag team with uh, Dusty Rhodes. Uh, I don't even, I'm blanking right now. What's freaking wrong with me? I'll look it up. Keep okay. keep talking. All right. So yeah, Ishimori gets the win here. Great match to close out night one. So obviously, even if Ishimori doesn't win the tournament, he's definitely a title contender since uh, he pinned the champion here. Like we mentioned, like did an awesome job as a heel role. Um, Osprey looked good too, and so Dick Murdoch. Okay. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 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 Anyways, keep going. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm all over the place today, bro. <laughs> but, yeah, that, that ends uh, night one. I thought this match was really, 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 really good. I, like we were kind of hypothesizing, Ishimori did pick up the win. In kayfabe, this is an upset. And this was nothing but upsets the and whole the, night. And uh, the crazy thing is... Um, this match only went 13 minutes, 47 seconds. Yeah, it got less time than the other matches. I don't know if maybe the other matches just went a little long and they accommodated, but they didn't need any more. Right, this was perfect. And I it mean, was perfect. This is a great first match because also there's going to be a rematch, and so the rematch can go a little bit longer. Yeah, bro, and Osprey put him over clean. Yeah. So it really sets Ishimori up to have a great run in this tournament and to be a pl- yeah. main player in this, uh, this was, uh, division. This was deja vu for Osprey last year, Special Super Junior. He faced the new Bullet Club member Marty Skrull in the first round. Well, that wasn't deja vu because he always loses to Skrull. I know, but just a fact for this year, once again, new Bullet Club member, first round, loses. Gotcha. Good call, man. Good call, man. (laughs) Oh, my God. You're you're like freaking... uh I always forget his name. Uh, professor yeah. Mike Tanay. Like Mike Tanay out here, <laughs> just remembering crap. Oh man! So, All right, yeah. let's go on to uh, night two of uh, Best of Super Juniors. Things kicked off. I cannot wait to do it. Night two, yes. Yeah, things kicked off with uh, Umino against Suji. Before we do that, let me ask you: Did you do you agree with me? You think this is night one? Which did you like better, night one or night two? Yeah, I like night one overall better. You agree with my like assertion that it might be like a match of the year candidate? Or show, of, of the show of the year. 
Um, I mean, I, up to this point in the year, yes, but obviously, you know, Dominion's right around the corner. G1. And G1. So this is. G1's going to have a lot of nights. Unfortunately, these, these, these turn, some of these nights might get lost in the shuffle. Not with me. I'm marking it all down, brother. <laughs> I don't think it'll get the votes, but I've got it marked down. Yeah. When we, when we come out with our polls, uh, like. For our Keeping a Strong Style Year in Awards. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, yeah, so Umino versus Suji. Uh, Ren Narita was at injured. So, uh, Suji was replacing him in this match here. So, this was a great opportunity for Suji to have a one-on-one match on a bigger show. What's today's date? Today is the 21st. We're recording on May 21st. Okay, there's some news that just popped up in, in my box that we're going to have to talk about. It, ju- it literally just popped up. I'm like, is this current or is it not? Okay. Anyways, keep going. Sorry about that. Uh, no, no worries. <laughs> I just want to make sure that this is current. I was like, I was like, is this new or is this old? It's new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like breaking news. Anyways, keep going. All right. So, yeah. So, Suji's replacing Narita here. Great chance for Su- uh, Suji to work a singles match here with the ace of the current crop of young lions, Shota Umino. Maybe get a victory. <laughs> it's young boy versus young young lion versus young lion. I know it. I know he's new, but you just never know, right? But I mean, this was a very good match. Suji actually showed a lot of fire in this match, and definitely this was his best one-on-one showing that I've seen from him. Uh it's it was good. I like he's getting better. I I like the matches with him and Yumura. Yes, they're a little rivalry. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I thought that this was very good, and uh, he actually got a Boston Crab on Umino. So we kind of talked about that, how, like, the first few times that they wrestled, they didn't even get a chance to even come close to winning matches, and now they're starting to, you know, come within, like, a, a sniff of winning, which is nice. Yeah, so this was a good back and forth. Um, came down to the end. Uh, Umino hits the missile drop kick and goes back to the Boston Crab. Uh, Suji did a one last comeback. I thought he was actually going to you know, fight to the ropes, but um, Umino cranked that crab and Suji tapped out. Hey, you can you can give me all the great tag team openers in the world, but for me, give me two young lions. Yes. Give A me solid one on one young lion match. Bro, the more that I'm watching 1970s New Japan, the more I'm like appreciating these young lions matches. Nick, gotta get you watching some of these 70s <laughs> matches. Get me on that 70s project. Oh my god, bro, this match between uh, Go Ryuma and Tatsuya Fujinami from 1978. Amazing. You're gonna watch that. All right. Uh, so next up, we had a six-man tag. We had ACH, Tiger Mask 4, and Tumioki Oka taking on the Chaos team of Will Ospreay, Yo, and Yoshihashi. This was okay. Um, you know, nothing to complain about. It was solid. But I kind of prefer the tag matches on this tour. There's a little bit more focus. Yeah. The, the multi-man aspect here kind of, even though... They probably need this for how like strenuous this tour is going to be. They probably need like <laughs> some some multi man matches like this, you know, to kind of give guys like extended breaks during matches and keep them on the card. But uh, I don't know. This was this was nothing special to me or anything. I, like I that. did like some of the interactions between Osprey and ACH. Okay, I think they had some good interactions. Yeah, I don't know if maybe I was missing what was going on or, or anything like that. But, yeah, I mean, this I just thought that this was your standard by the numbers, like six-man tag, basically. And once again, Yoshihashi gets the win with that horrible butterfly lock. 
that was another reason I don't think I like this match. <laughs> yeah, because I noticed that too. Yeah. The thing is, all he has to do is tie up that butterfly lock. It's like I can't buy that he's doing anything because only one arm is cranked and the other right. arm is just stuck. And it's not enough in a real world scenario like that. It looks like crap. I wouldn't even call that a butterfly lock. I wouldn't either. Like as a f- former, like because you were you were an amateur wrestler. I've done Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and I know that, like, you've got to lock up the other arm if you want to basically put the crank on, and, like, that... He's not doing that. Yeah. It just looks terrible. And there's a way you can put it on without hurting the guy. So yeah. So, it's not even that painful of a move unless you really, really... It's a hard submission to pull off anyways. So, yeah. I don't know. And after the match... I don't like it. Yeah. After the match, Osprey says that ACH can F off the WWE once he's done with him. That was pretty funny. <laughs> So next up we had uh, Flip Gordon and Flip, Toh- Flip, <laughs> Flip, Flip Gordon teamed up with Toa Hanare against uh, Minoru Suzuki and Kanemaru, and so, Suzuki and Kanemaru beat the crap out of Flip and Toa. Yeah, they did. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to say what they made them, but uh, yeah, they, that's what they made them. They made them theirs. They broke them. They broke their backs and made them humble. Yeah, they did. <laughs> They, yeah, they destroyed these guys. And uh, I actually liked the interactions between Hanari and Suzuki better in this match than the first night. Yes, yeah. But, uh, yeah, they destroyed Flip and Hanari. Like, it wasn't even really that fair. Also, like, Suzuki and Flip was, like, hilarious. Like, watching them interact, and I, I can just imagine Flip being like, what have I gotten myself into? Yeah, what did I, what did I sign up for? <laughs> and then uh, Suzuki's like, oh, I need a new pretty boy for me to beat up. Yeah. So this is good. Uh, Hanare hit another, you know, ate another gotch pile driver, and uh, Suzuki Goon gets the one, two, three. I do wonder if Suzuki's like, what am I doing out here? Like, like, what am I? Why am I on this tour right now? Because, <laughs> like, none of the other big guys are on the tour. He's the biggest name on the tour. Yeah. The uh, next up, we had uh, the Lij team of Sonata and Bushi taking on the Bullet Club team of the Crown Jewel Chase Owens and the Bone Soldier Taiji Ishimori. What did you uh, think of this? Uh, I thought it was, it was a okay matchup. Um, the best part was Chase Owens attempting to put the Paradise Lock on Sonata and asking Milano. For advice, how to put on the paradise lock, I freaking was dying. I've seen a lot of people talking about this, and I even saw fan art pop up today. I'm like, where was I when this happened? I must have been. Not- yeah, you must have been looking at your phone. I don't know what it was, bro, yeah, because he- everyone's talking about this moment, and I missed it. Like, I yeah, don't, I like, I probably need to go back and rewatch it. But what happened? Yeah, so Chase he's trying to put on the paradise lock, and he can't do it right. <laughs> and he's like looking over to Milano because obviously Milano created the paradise yeah. lock, and he's trying to get like you know. Asked Milano how to put this thing on, right? Then later on, Sonata puts it on and like gives a thumbs up to Milano. Milano like you know nods in approval. That's hilarious. Yeah, I, I missed it. Uh, apparently, that was one of the like main things that people really popped for in this match. Um, but I, I didn't see it, <laughs> so I don't have much to add. Uh, but I mean, I'm a failure of a podcast. <laughs> Uh, once again, you know, just simple back and forth. Um, came down to the end. Sonata got the skull in on Owens. No, yeah. su- no surprise. Owens taps out. I could have kayfabed everybody and told him I saw that crap. <laughs> Easily. But you're a man of integrity. I am. Yeah. So I'll go back and rewatch it, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what to tell you guys. All right. So now we're into the B block matches. So we have the first match of the second night. The first match of the B block. 
Dragon Lee versus Show Michaels. And man, this was a amazing match. Yeah, I would go as far as to say so far this is the match of the tournament. Yes, you need to go out of your way. If you haven't watched this match yet, you know, you need to watch Dragon Lee versus Show. This was a first time singles matchup between these guys and it was incredible. Yeah, I mean just um <laughs> what can I say? Like they just they told a great story, the arm work, the freaking physicality. I mean, hard hitting. It was you had, you had a lot of grappling, it was fast paced, you had high fly action. You wouldn't even know that Dragon Lee was coming into this match injured. He was flipping no. and flopping all over the place. I am I'm hoping like he makes it totally unscathed through this tournament. Like I yeah. hope nothing happens because bro, he's a guy that's just like he he doesn't care about his body like you know every time i see him wrestle it is funny that the one time he i'm sure he's had other injuries but you know this most recent injury it happened when he was just running in the ring like he he wasn't taking a dive he wasn't taking a a, a bump or anything like that he just started to walk and i don't know if maybe that's an like this was the result of an accumulation of the way he wrestles right um but it looked scary when the when he when he pulled his uh freaking uh quad but here he is a few weeks later and he's wrestling and he's still doing everything that he normally does and i'm like bro he's young like i'm i'm worried about him honestly and i definitely want him healthy because we're supposed to be seeing him next month at uh Kenny Omega's uh, New Japan show. Bro, you're selfish. <laughs> <laughs> I'm over here like lamenting the future of this guy's health and like his life, like quality of his life and you're like, yeah, and you know that Kenny Omega produce show, I really want to see him like, I want to see the goods. <laughs> uh, you have no heart. <laughs> no, but obviously I, I do want Dragon Lee to be healthy for his own for his own health and just... I can't believe I, I just guilted you into like changing your... T- <laughs> Well, you know, usually I'm I'm the baby face of this duo, so okay, <laughs> bro. Why? How am I a heel? In what way am I a heel? I'm not a heel. <laughs> I'm a baby face. Uh, I'm the voice of the voiceless. <laughs> so yeah, so back to this matchup. Um, yeah, just amazing. Uh, kind of recounted the end here. So. Uh, Dragon Lee goes for a backstabber. Show counters it. Locks on an arm bar. Lee struggles and makes it to the ropes. Show keeps targeting the arm. Lee counters out into an arm bar and has it locked in the center of the ring. Show with a great fight spot to make it to the ropes. Lee continues to attack on the arm. Show gets a sleeper in the ropes. Lee escapes. Show counters Arana into a toss powerbomb. He fires up and dumps Lee on his head with um, a last lumbar check for a near fall. A sunset flip into an armbar follows, but Lee makes it to the rope. Show uh, takes him up top, looks for a super German, but Lee uh, fights that off. They trade strikes. I thought he was going to hit that. I was kind of, oh, I was nervous. Yeah. And then uh, Lee knocks him into a tree of woe, hits the double stomp for a near fall. They trade strikes. Lee counters into a dump suplex for the win. Yeah. So what was great about that was like there were so many back and forth interactions where it seemed like each guy could get the victory. One thing I want to talk about show. So I don't know if you noticed. I'm sure you did. But yo, I'm sorry, show keeps setting up for this 
pile this pack, yes 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 this yes. package pile driver when he crosses the dude's arms and I'm like oh I want to see him hit that so actually we don't even know if it really is a package pile driver because right. we haven't seen what he's gonna do when he gets the guy up but I assume I'm calling it the cross uh, the cross uh, package pile driver because yeah. he's crossing the dude's arms but I don't know what it's called I don't right. I've never seen anyone do it the only other thing that makes me think about that he could be possibly going for is a Ricolo bomb. What is that? Uh, Cesaro's finisher from Ring of Honor, where he would cross the dude's arms like that and pick them up like that and powerbomb them. Oh, are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> Sounds awesome. <laughs> Maybe that's gonna be my new finisher. I don't know. Like, I need to. I need to find like a video game and have a creator wrestler and start souping up these finishers. I, I got two K eighteen. You go. Dude, they, had, they put all the Indian New Japan moves in there. 2K18 sucks. Overall, yes. But as far as the moves, like... No, I want to play King of Coliseum. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It's it's a, it, it's a per-resu game. Okay. Over from Japan. <laughs> oh, my God. But, yeah, so... Uh, yeah, so this match was just... Man, this match was just great. Oh, man. Love this match. How about show is dressed up like he's... Freaking Owen Hart, yeah. <laughs> well, he, he's high voltage, and he has like the enough is enough. <laughs> and it's time for a change. I am not a nugget. <laughs> also, uh, he could be the third member of a uh, heavy machinery, machinery from yeah. NXT. <laughs> he could be the, the the best member of heavy machinery. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's true. Remember when we saw that fan get in the ring at NXT, and that dude from Heavy Machinery almost broke his neck? Yeah. And Kyle Riley kicked that dude's <laughs> head off. It's freaking awesome. But I must say, I do, I do love uh, Otis Dozovich. Uh, that's the dude with no neck? Yeah. I don't like him. He sucks. <laughs> hey, Otis, if you're listening, you suck. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Uh, don't. We see them sometimes. Uh, I'm just joking. Yeah, dude. He's going to meet in the parking lot at the Largo show. I wouldn't be able to do anything. He would kill me. <laughs> he would literally kill me. Oh, my God. But, yeah. No, this match... Uh, in in the words of the great Caleb Baldwin, this match rules. <laughs> <laughs> this match is great. Uh, just really, really, really good. What I was starting to say earlier was just that there's so many times where you thought it could be over and the guys were just so resilient and they're like showing fighting spirit. You know, the fact that they just kept kicking out. And then even when that double foot stomp came, I thought it was like it. And then, yeah, I thought it was it too. And then show kept going, and then he got hit with that, uh, you know, with with the dump suplex, and that's when you're like, oh, it's game time. But watching show and yo kind of evolve as like singles guys is awesome. And bro, what it, I don't have Dragon Lee winning this thing. We'll talk about our blocks here in a minute, but I'm just like. They they did remember they said that nobody really like no luchador has really won. It's not really true because Eddie won this before. He won the best of super juniors, I believe, in ninety four. But he was wrestling as Black Tiger. Right. No one from CMLL has ever showed up and won this thing. And I'm like, Dragon Lee might need to win this thing. I mean, we we've got our picks and everything like that, but like Dragon Lee is one of these guys. And I'm like. He might need to go to the finals this year. Yeah. and uh, Can you uh, imagine Dragon Lee? Bro, what if... Remember how I was talking about last week how I thought uh, Kushida and Ishimori makes a lot of sense? Couldn't you see Ishimori and, and, Dragon, Dragon, Lee. and Dragon Lee in the finals? Yeah. I could. Yeah, that makes sense. I didn't think about it at all until now, but after this match, they got me believing. <laughs> and I uh, I was trying to predict the up the, uh, an upset here. I put a uh, show over Dragon Lee. 
Oh, I think I might have too. Let me see what I got. Freaking A. Keep going though. Yeah, so I I picked uh show to pull upset over Dragon Lee. Obviously I was wrong. Um, no, I got Dragon Lee winning that match, thank God. But I've, got, I've only got Show winning, you know, two matches the whole tournament. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, the big matches, though. The, yeah. My idea was to kind of break them out, give them a couple big v- victories, but, you know, drop, you know, most of the matches. So, next up, we had uh, Taguchi against El Esperado. I did not like this match. Yeah. I mean, coming off. A lot of people seem to like it, though. But I didn't. Yeah, I mean, it was Desperado doing Suzuki Gun Desperado stuff, Taguchi doing Goofy, Taguchi. I don't like the whole sodomy thing. <laughs> Dude, what was... Like, look, I'm looking, I'm looking at, like, a, they have, like, the screen capture of it right here. I'm like... I just finished watching uh, 13 Reasons Why Season 2, and uh, spoiler alert, someone... Uh, there, there's something along those lines that happens in the show, and it kind of bothered me. Like, it was... And then I turn on New Japan, and, like... You know they're still doing they're doing this stuff with Taguchi where like we we didn't really talk about what happened but like Azuka's biting him on the butt yeah and, you know like I get it it's funny whatever but I don't know I just don't really want to see that especially during the best Super Juniors and don't get me wrong this match did heat up and the second half is very good and we got like that serious serious Taguchi that's really good and Desperado's no slouch either but uh. I don't know, man. Like this, the the whole first half of it really just dragged for me, and like I wasn't into any of that at all. Like I didn't like yeah, it. I didn't really care for this match. I mean, sec- like technically, that's like sexual assault. Like I'm, I'm not really, <laughs> I'm not really feeling like the Taguchi sexual- needs to file a complaint and get Desperado booted out of this tournament. Just remember, Taguchi before genius, now pervert. Per- yes, <laughs> and uh, there was like one of the backstage promos, like a screenshot of him. It was like. Um, I have all this rage built up. I want to let it go. I want to let it go on everybody, all over everybody. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Yo, what was the thing that you're gonna say about Hiromu that when he cut a promo on the first night? Oh, uh, it was after. It's after his match. So I'll, I'll after this match. After his. Okay. Yeah, I'll bring it up then. Uh, so, so yeah, I mean, Desperado he hits a low blow, gets a cradle for the win. A lot of people thought it was a very good match. I just I thought the stuff with Taguchi's butt and the, the no. fact that we have to talk about Taguchi's butt. Yeah, the fact that it's just weird. That it, the, the body part match was Desperado working over Taguchi's ass with a wrench, bro. He was putting a wrench, wrench. in his butthole, bro. And then the one spot where he put like the chair. And he in put between. the chair in between. Like I, like, I don't. Ugh. <sighs> it just bothers me. Yeah. So let's let's move on. <laughs> uh, next- oh, by the way, guys. Uh, yeah, Desperado picked up two points in this match. So uh, yeah, Despy, Despy's doing well in this tournament. Yeah, I, I picked I picked Despy to go over Taguchi here. I don't think I did. Uh, let me see, Taguchi and I actually, yeah, I had Taguchi winning against Desperado. So I got Taguchi doing well in this tournament. So I I don't have Taguchi doing so well. I know we did well. The you're whole, a fool. I know you're a fool, bro. We had that whole thing where he does well, He's but gonna get eight points. How many points you got him? Um, hold on, let me see. Um, I have Taguchi with four points. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's all right. As long as you get the the finals right, and you know, who knows? You might win. You might win a free t. Are Are we doing the thing where if we win, we get a free T shirt? Yeah. Yeah. So, listeners, if if. 
if I predict my bracket better than all of you, then I'm getting the free t-shirt from Jeremy. And if Jeremy predicts better than all of you, he gets the free t-shirt from me. But more than likely, because we suck at this, <laughs> one of you who's living in a place that, like, our, la- our last contest, what, we had to ship to Australia? Yeah. So, yeah. So, like, someone who lives in, like, Antarctica, we're going to have to, like, ship to them, and it's going to suck. And, and the response on this match was pretty even. Uh, majority of people did pick Desperado. What is that? What, what? That you're looking at? The There's the charts from the, the form. Bro, you have, like, analytics. <laughs> What the heck? Yeah, so yeah, 55% of you of uh, the brackets had Desperado. Oh my god, bro. Uh, you got like spreadsheets and crap. <laughs> High tech here, man. Yeah, bro. Like you're on a different level right now. I'm on a new level. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's just move on to the next. <laughs> yeah. So next up, we had the battle for Alex Shelley, Kushida versus Chris Sabin. Um, overall, I thought this was a pretty solid matchup. The battle for Alex Shelley's heart. <laughs> um, do you, where, what do you think Alex Shelley was doing when this match was going on? Honestly, probably not even watching it. <laughs> you don't think so? I, I think he was watching it like, I imagine this like as a WrestleMania 5 superpowers explode like uh, scenario. <laughs> He's watching from the back just like so worried. And if like he'd been there, he probably would have rushed out. Rushed mid-match. out, yeah. Guys, stop, stop this. <laughs> let's let's be the Mortar City time splitters. <laughs> um, yeah, I, that would be, actually, that'd be a great tag team. The Mortar City Machine Guns and Kushida? Yeah. Oh my God. Give them a give them a uh, never open weight six man tag team title. Dude, run. them against uh, super villains. That'd be awesome, bro. This yeah, that never division would blow up. <laughs> Book it. Book it, man. Um, but yeah, uh, it seems like a lot of people were let we down. Do weird stuff on this show. Yeah, yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it seems like a lot of people were let down by this match. Uh, uh, I was. I mean, I, I definitely think it probably could have been better. Um, it was kind of short, but I feel like Saban um, still kind of getting used to singles action, getting used to being back in Japan, kind of knocking off some of that rust. I was still, I still thought this was a pretty good match. Um, I don't know, man. It, it for me, I felt like there was some like a lack of chemistry. Um, I know a lot of people criticize like the heavy grappling in the beginning, and I, that wasn't my problem. I'm a grappling guy. I don't have a problem with two guys going at it. Um, you know, when it comes to the to the ground game, uh, Kyle Riley and Kushida being a fair example of that sort of right. thing. And I mean, also, obviously, I'm watching 1970s New Japan, so I mean, you're seeing a lot of grappling. <laughs> heck, yes. <I'm. laughs> uh, actually, not now because now I'm seeing a lot of uh, Inoki like throwing kicks and strikes because he thinks he's an MMA fighter but uh, <laughs> but um, no I have no problem with that my problem was just that I don't know just something seemed to be off and uh, there wasn't high drama it, it wasn't a bad match by any means I'm not going to sit here I mean I liked it better than the Taguchi and uh, a lot better than the Taguchi and Desperado match but it's it's Alex or it's Chris Sabin and Kushida. I just have very high expectations for a match between them, especially since Kushida is just so good. You know. I yeah. Mean? I mean, this match it did go. Um, it was a little bit short. Only went 13 minutes and 45 seconds. I feel like if they have got if they had gotten like five more minutes, um, it could have been a little bit better. But uh, I was okay with this match. I thought it was very good. Um, Sabin, I feel like everything he did in the match was uh, technically crisp. 
He was fine. Yeah. Like, and better than fine. He was good. And Kushida was good. Both guys were good. My problem was the chemistry. Yeah. They're like both guy was both guys were great at doing what they do. They just didn't seem to mesh well together. And they didn't tend to get to that next gear where like you really felt like um you know, I don't know. The only thing I one thing I will say that I liked a lot about it though is you had a feeling like you didn't really know who was gonna win and obviously I thought Kushida was gonna win. I that was yeah. that was my you, you weren't the only one. I mean eighty two percent of the brackets had Kushida winning. Oh wait, no I did not. Oh you put you put Saban over. I've got Saban beating okay, so we'll talk about my bracket <clears throat> here in a minute. But yes, I do have Chris Saban beating Kushida in my bracket, but that's only because that's how my bracket ended up working out the way I booked it. But ultimately, deep down, I I expected Kushida to beat Chris Saban on the first night. Watching it live, anyways. Yeah, and I I was in agreement with majority of our uh, contestants. I also had Kushida going over Saban here. But then when the match picked up, you started getting the feeling like, oh, either one of these guys can go over. So I liked that unpredictability. I would go like three and a half on this. Yeah. I thought it was yeah, pretty good. I'm three and a half also, and I think it made a lot of sense for Saban to get the win here. Because you want you want him. But it's funny that I'm three and a half and disappointed, and you're three and a half and you liked it. Yeah. And we have different feelings, but about the same <laughs> rating. That's interesting. Yeah. But um, I thought this was uh, it was good for Saban to win because it makes He's you got two victories in a row. Yeah. Gives, tag match and then gives some believability the that he could get some wins against some other big guys in this B block. Yeah. Um. So just quickly recapping the end here. Um. There, Kushida, you know, goes back to working on Saban's arm. They trade strikes. Kushida cuts him off of a Pele. Uh, Saban hit a super kick into a cradle for two. Kushida quickly transitions into the hoverboard lock. Saban works to his feet, makes it to the ropes. Kushida now works the cravat and knee strikes. Uh, the arm punt follows, and he counters the tornado DDT. But Saban hits it on the second try. Kushida counters the cradle shock and dumps Saban to the floor. Kushida up top, and Saban back in hits a super German from the top. Then he hits the cradle shock for a near fall. Then he follows it up with the all hail Saban um, and gets the win. Yeah, and that, I was kind of shocked when that happened that way. But, uh, you know, good match. So, you know, Chris Saban moving on with two points. Um, so at this point, we've got Desperado with two points, Saban with two points, and Dragon Lee with two points, which leads us to the, the uh, main event of the night, which was the match I was most looking forward to. Um, Marty, the villain, Marty Skrull, taking on the ticking time bomb, Hiromu Takahashi. And uh, Jeremy, I really, really, really like this match. Dude, I love this match also. I think people are a little bit sleeping on this match too for some reason. Like, heard a lot of great things about Ishimori and Osprey, a lot of great things about ACH and Flip, obviously, a lot of great things about Sho and uh, Dragon Lee. But for me, I liked this match better than. Both of the the high end matches from the A block the first night. Yeah. The only match I thought maybe might be better is Dragon Lee and uh, Show. Show, and this was right there with it. Yeah, I mean, and they, have we had a singles match between Marty Skrull and Hiromu before? Yeah, they're actually Takahashi is two and one all time against Skrull. Okay, I I don't know where I was when that <laughs> happened, but uh, yeah, and the crowd was really hot for both of these guys. Yeah, because they're two of the most over guys, you know, in the tournament. 
But yeah, I mean, this was an absolutely great match. This match went uh, 20 minutes, 50 seconds. Um, definitely, like you mentioned, an early candidate for match of the tournament. I think um, it started off slow, and maybe that's what some people had a problem with, but it told a good story, and it really picked up. This had a main event feel to it, though. Yeah. The, the way they worked it, like, it was... It, it felt like a main event. And, um... It was great for uh, Hiromo. He debuted, like, a new finisher here, which was, like, a triangle choke. I loved that. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big mark for the triangle choke. Uh, I like it. <laughs> when I used to when I used to grapple, I got long legs, so I was definitely a triangle guy. <laughs> um, that was one of the moves that, like, I, I could hit really well. So when guys pull that out during, like, wrestling matches, I... I love it. Yeah. Also, Shane McMahon, triangle. <laughs> Freaking idiot. Uh, Anyways, but yeah, um, what did you like about this match? What stuck out to you? Um, I mean, these guys just had great chemistry together. Um, was, I agree. There was a lot of, you know, uh, Hiromu had a lot of great dives. You know, he got to hit his um, sunset flip bomb. Yeah. A lot of the match was building up to that point because he tried it a couple times and yeah. this girl um, blocked it or moved out the way. Remember he he broke his fingers at one point? Yeah. When he was trying to hit that, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, and so they built up to the climax of um, Hiromu finally hitting that uh, something the bomb. That's one thing I got a question about. Is everybody going to get their fingers broken and does everybody have to sell that the whole entire, like... For the rest of, like, if everybody gets their fingers broken, do they all have to basically wear casts the rest of the, like, tour? I don't think <laughs> casts, maybe tape, tape it up. Oh my, are you serious? <laughs> no. Anyways. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Marty also got the chicken wing at one point. I thought it was over. Well, he didn't get completely locked in, if I remember correctly. No, he locked it in. He, he locked it. His fingers were locked in everything. And Hiromu's like... He didn't go to the... Take him to his back, though, right? No, he didn't get the... He didn't get the grapevines. Right. That's what it was. Like, he, he was struggling, and he finally... Yeah, he did finally get it locked on top. Right. But he was trying... He didn't get, get the grapevines in. No, but... Uh, yeah, this... This match was awesome, man. There was an apron tombstone. Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> How could I forget? Oh, my... Yes. Freaking scroll apron tombstone... Takahashi, I thought that was it. Yeah. So this this match just really freaking ruled. Yeah, uh, Takahashi ended up hitting a Rana and transitioned into a triangle choke. Uh, Marty ended up fighting out of that and powerbombed Takahashi, but Takahashi held on. And Marty ended up fading out, and the match got stopped off of a freaking triangle choke. Yeah. Which well, is awesome. Like, who would – like, I – I would never have guessed that Hiromu awesome. would have won off of a triangle choke. I had a feeling. When he locked it in, he's never done it before. Yeah. He's a high-profile enough guy that if he does something like that, it's not just like a like I'm going to try this out. Like I felt like, oh, my God. When I saw him do that, I was like, it's over. I don't – like I was like, it's over. Like it It reminded me of like when Angle used to hit triangle chokes. You remember oh, Angle yes, used to yes, hit triangle chokes? Yeah. I freaking loved that. But yeah, so um, – yeah, Hiromu ends up beating Marty Skrull by, I don't know if they want to call it submission. I would call it knockout. Ref, ref, ref stoppage. Yeah, ref stoppage, man. We've seen quite a few ref stoppages this year, but I'm I'm digging this. So, yeah, just a great night to, to cap off night two. Oh, yeah. Let me uh, get to Hiromu's comments now. Okay. <laughs> so but Marty Marty was like one step ahead of Takahashi almost the entire match and then just got caught at the end, basically. Yeah, Marty was really aggressive in this match. Yeah. 
But yeah, so in the backstage promos, um, the translations, Hiromu was like, I'm the winner, Best of Super Junior 2018. What? That's not right? Huh? Oops. That was just the first one? (laughs) This just started? Will they all be like this? Oh my gosh! So I just thought that was hilarious. What a freaking fool! Bro. Oh my god! Yeah, he was saying that uh, in one of the backstage promos, Hiromu was like, "This is gonna be better, better than G One, better than G One, <laughs> <laughs> better than the G One." What do we always say? Better than we always say. Uh, what am I always saying? I always say that. <sighs> what is my joke that I'm always like better than? I can't, I can't remember right now. What am I? Uh, I'm too uh, tired. I can't remember. Freaking a! Uh, yeah, I'm 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 blanking right now. I don't either. But anyway, so yeah, this this match was really 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 good. And that- oh, better than the Road Warriors was our no no. Well, that's what that's, that's Rich's thing. Yo, the first time I ever met Rich and James, I actually didn't even meet them. I like I was at Wing the the first time I knew who they were. We were at Wing House, and I was at the bar, and I was chilling with actually one of the uh, West Texas Hangmen. From WCW like fame, <laughs> me and him were at Winghouse together, like watching uh, WrestleMania 27, and I see this table of dudes over there, and it's like Rich and all his buddies. They're all like chilling. I wasn't friends with them yet, and um, <laughs> Jericho and CM Punk starts, and Rich, I'll never forget. It. Rich was like better than Savage Steamboat. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, who the Fook is this kid? <laughs> Little did I know I'd be on like, you know, it'd be one of my best friends. We'd have a podcasting network. We'd like travel the country and like all this crazy crap. But yeah, yeah. I just thought that they were fools. I was like, <laughs> Jericho and Punk's not going to be better than Savage Simo. Although it probably was. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah. So that brings us to the end of the first two nights. Now we are recording. It's May 21st. There was a show last night. Yeah, it's up on New Japan World right now. Yeah, night, night three, A Block action. I hear it's single cam and no commentary. Yeah, and it's only that's only the tournament matches. It's only the five tournament. Oh, matches. thank God, four. <laughs> yeah, four. Yeah, so you said five. Oh, four. Excuse me. Yeah, four. No. Yeah, four tournament matches. That's all you got to watch from night three. Um, and you guys can't see it, but I'm wiping the sweat <laughs> off my brow. <laughs> um, you know, this show drops tomorrow, which will be uh, night four. We'll be out by the time you're listening to this Dang, show. bro. We have quite a schedule. This is like G1, bro. Yeah. So there's a lot of New Japan to watch in the next couple weeks. So we're going to move on to some other stuff, but let's talk about our brackets real, 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 real quick. We don't have to go through the whole bracket, but I just kind of want let's talk about what you ended up because last week when we talked about this I did not have my bracket finished I don't mm-hmm. think you did either and like what what do you, what are your over what's your overall like analysis and prediction like you don't have to talk about each guy but like what do you how did you book it man tell, tell me how you arrived at your conclusion uh, how did you decide what you came across you know yes yeah, so I have in the a block I have Ishimori and Osprey uh Tied with ten points each. Really? And since I do too. And since Ishimori beats Osprey, Ishimori will win the tiebreaker. That is the exact booking scenario wow. that I have. That's crazy. Okay. Uh, who, who beats? So, in your bracket right now, 
since we're, we'll just let's talk about a. I'll, I'll talk about a block too. So I mean, I have the exact same booking scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, that means out of seven matches, we have them both losing twice. Right. Who do you have beating Ishimori twice, and who do you have beating um, Osprey in the other match? I have um, ACH beating Osprey in the second match. In the second match of the tournament. Uh, that's the sec- his second match. I'm not sure what night that match is. Gotcha. But I have ACH beating Osprey. Okay. Um, for Ishimori, I have um, Bushi getting the win over him. Over Ishimori? Yeah, figuring he could use like the mist or some kind of way okay. to cheat to win. And then I also have uh, Kanamaru going over Ishimori. Again, with the concept of him cheating to win. I do, too. I do, too. Okay. So, I've got Ishimori losing twice in the tournament. I have him losing to Kanemaru once. And then I also have him losing to Flip Gordon. Oh. Yeah. So, I've got Flip beating uh, Ishimori. I don't... I've got Flip doing pretty well in the tournament but he's got four wins basically so but I have him winning in two really big matches one being the Ishimori match and then on the final night the way I booked this was I've got Will Ospreay losing the first night (laughs) and then he wins every single match of the rest of the tournament until the final night where basically at this point he's got eight points and um, Ishimori only has Ishimori has 10 points going into that. No, I'm sorry. I'm trying to remember how I have it set up. I basically have it set up so that uh, Will Ospreay is ahead of Ishimori. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ishimori has eight points and Will has eight points going into... No, no, no. Oh, my God. How did I book it? I'm trying to remember. (laughs) Oh, no, no. Okay, I'm sorry. Will has 10 points going into the final night. Mm -hmm. Okay, I remember. And Ishimori has eight points going into the final night. So all Will has to do is win on the final night, and he will win the whole block. Yeah. But if he loses, then and Ishimori wins, then it's a tie, and he loses. And I've got he's wrestling Flip on the final night, so I've got Flip going over him in a big, big, big upset, which basically spoils the whole thing for Osprey. Ishimori ends up winning the A block. So that's the way I booked it, which I think makes a lot of sense logically. I might be totally wrong, but yeah, it's funny. I, we have not talked about our brackets no, with each other all. at all. Yeah. I did not know that you had that. Um, and then... In, uh, Dang, B, that's crazy. Uh, B block, I ended up with uh, Kushida uh, winning out the B block. Oh my god, I I thought you were going with Hiromu. Bro, I've been all like told you, man. I like, swayed you, didn't I? You did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have um who do I uh, I have Dragon Lee Skrull and um Kushida ending with eight points. And then I got um no, I have actually I have Kushida winning with ten points, and then I have Skrull, um, Dragon Lee, and Takahashi with eight points. Okay, so I've got a very similar scenario, but I've got Dragon Lee finishing with eight points, Hiromu Takahashi winning with eight, or finishing with eight points, Marty Skrull finishing with eight points, and Taguchi finishing with eight points each, mm. and then also Kushida finishing with eight points. So they all have. 
four wins each, five guys finishing at, at the top of the block with, with four wins. But I've got Kushida beating all of them. in. So basically, if they all have eight points, they all have four wins. So where's the tiebreaker? The tiebreaker for me is basically Ku- the way I booked it. I've got Kushida beating Dragon Lee, beating Hiromu, beating Skrull, and beating Taguchi. Those are his four wins, and those are the other guys that tie him, which basically essentially creates a situation where it's a tiebreaker. He's the common winner amongst all of them, so he wins the whole block. It's a it's a five-way tie. <laughs> that's why I've got it booked. Yeah, that's so, true. I don't know. That might be a little cliche to have two ties back to back, but that's the way that I booked it, you know, and I'm just going to go with that. So I've got Kushida and Ishimori going into the finals and then Ishimori beating Kushida. Although I'm starting to really second guess myself and think maybe I should have booked Dragon Lee to go to the finals. Yeah. I mean, that's another good potential option there. What if show goes to the finals? This B block, <laughs> I told you this B block is awesome. Yeah, B block, man, it's stacked. But A block had a great night the first night. So. Yeah, it did. Yeah, so I'm excited, and I haven't even looked at what the listeners like said. <laughs> Have you like kind of analyzed and seen? Anything? Um, I've kind of looked at it briefly. I haven't gone through what, what final scenarios are like most popular. Uh, do you know? But the majority of the finals are Ishimori versus Takahashi. Really? Yeah, that's what we kind of predicted when we first started. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's kind of like all over the place because this was like a write-in answer, so it's kind of hard seeing the data right here. But majority of them have um, Ishimori against uh, Takahashi in the main event. Um, what what other scenarios are like pretty prevalent? I mean, that's the main one. Um, some pe- there's a couple people that have Kushida and Ishimori. What are those big? So there's a couple big ones right here. Yeah. It looks like. Um, some that's a lot of people writing in um, Ishimori over um, Takahashi. Since I'm pulling up for me right now. Okay. Either way, it yeah. doesn't matter. We'll we'll figure it out. But yeah, so this this tournament's been awesome, man. Yeah. We got to catch up tomorrow night. We gotta we got what two two nights to yeah, catch we up. Yeah, so we'll have a half night and a full night. That's man, okay. we got our work cut out for us. Yeah. Yeah, but I got people that want to hang out with me. <laughs> <laughs> we got packed schedule. We got to work work the wrestling around our social lives. So, guys, um, now that we've kind of covered everything on uh, Best of Super Juniors, I got to let you know something. Jeremy Donovan did not watch Lionsgate Project 12. Yeah, guys, I, I dropped the ball. Uh, you know, what so, happened, bro? I don't know. So it was a busy week, and then we were traveling. <laughs> I just I did not get a chance to watch the, the Young Lions. That's okay, because I caught it. I will give you guys a couple quick takes, just some rundown. If you saw this, I thought that this, honestly, bro, I thought this was one of the best Lionsgate projects. I mean, I'm definitely I'm going to watch it along with Best Super Juniors this week. Well, I'll tell you what you should and shouldn't watch. All right. Maybe save you some time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we got Suji and Yumura in the opener, which I thought was going to be the first match. When it was announced, I thought it would be the first match they've ever had, but this is the third match at this point that they've had. Right. And they've gone to the time limit draw twice before. And... Uh, some of you might not be surprised. They went to a time limit draw for the third match. So they're 0-0-3 at this point in their rivalry. Who do you think is going to get the first win out of these guys? Honestly, it like I don't know. It seems like maybe Suji. That's what I was thinking too. Like the, his size and his style. But 
Umar is a better wrestler. Yeah. He just is. Um, the, in this match, they came very, very, very close to finishing one another. But at the end, Suji ended up using his size to put Umora in a Boston Crab. Suji used his fighting spirit to fight through it and survive to the end of the draw. And then afterwards, Suji attacked Umora after the bell. And oh. Yeah. So there's there's definitely like some heat there between them and, you know, in character. Very good match. You know, very good opener. Um, Nakanishi and Oka was Ugh. everything. <laughs> and we, we just saw this at the last Lions again. I think. Yeah. So... It's what you would expect. Uh, Oka did hit a top rope uh, suplex on Nakanishi. Okay. Okay, Oka. So, yeah, but other than that, nothing special here. Um, Nakanishi gets the torture rack at nine minutes and five seconds. I wouldn't watch it, honestly. (laughs) Uh, Hiro Saito and Tenzan took on Ren Narita and Taguchi. Uh, Again, nothing to check out there. It was fun. Taguchi did well. Uh, Tenzan ended up hitting a, a lariat on um, Narita for the, and then hit the uh, Anaconda Vice, which is everything you'd expect it to be. One thing that was cool, they had an English commentary for this. Yeah, who was it? Kevin Kelly doing yeah, it? Yeah, it's Kevin Kelly. And obviously, Solo? It's, yeah, it's in the studio, but I'm like, is Kevin Kelly going to start doing every single show in English? I hope so. That's what it's seeming like. Yeah. So then that brings us to the semifinal, and bro. Oh my gosh. Shota Umino versus Daisuke Sekimoto. Freaking rule. Sekimoto killed this kid, didn't he? Yes, but no. It was competitive. Okay. I mean, yes, like it was like all Sekimoto, but it was also competitive. Like, dude, I don't know what the deal is. Like, I'm sure you saw, like, we'll get into it, but like, did you see that they're advertising Umino for the Strong Style Evolve Tour? Yes, he's officially one announced for Strong Style UK. There, a young lion is getting like advertised for an overseas show. That's freaking nuts. So, like, this match really like this. Oh, this match the best Umino match that he's had so far in his career. Like, un- unless he's had some sort of match like on some. Uh, you know, that was off tape that we haven't seen. But as far as like what I've seen of him, mm-hmm. by far his best match. So this crap. Oh, one thing that was cool. So, you know, Umino comes out, you know, the, the you know, Young Lions music, whatever. Sakamoto ends up coming out and they didn't put up like the copyright stuff or anything. They let him play his real music, which like I was very like... What is that about? Because mm. New Japan always puts up the copyright stuff when guys from outside come in. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't know, man. I'm like, I know he's probably not going to be in any, like, the G1, but 2018's been a weird year, Dude, bro. 2018's been wild in professional wrestling. We're, we're, we're getting ready to see Chris Jericho and uh, Naito. And Naito. I'm like, heck, maybe, maybe, maybe he's coming back. I don't know. But, um, Sakamoto Sakamoto came out and you know uh, basically his music they played his music uh, they locked up Sakamoto overpowered Umino and the the ground grappling was really crisp really really good eventually like Sakamoto like Umino tried to power up but he couldn't do anything to Sakamoto Sakamoto just started brutalizing him it looked like he was just gonna make short work of him the way that uh you know like a, a veteran would against a young lion he was just beating the crap out of Umino and um 
at one point he put him in a single leg crab and while he had him in the single leg crab he started throwing hammer fists oh my his, god <laughs> started throwing hammer fists behind his back and hitting umino in the head which i've never seen anyone do that so i was like that was awesome and then umino made it to the ropes and then uh basically sakamoto just started hitting him with those world famous chops i mean second only to like maybe walter i don't know like um but then umino like the thing was umino kept like hitting him with like four or five or six like elbows and he couldn't hurt <laughs> sakamoto <laughs> so then um eventually like he ended up uh cutting off sakamoto with his drop kick and that's when the match kind of turned and then he started hitting with forearm strikes and then at one point he he rocked sakamoto and came off the the second rope with a, a drop kick tried to cover for a pin didn't get anything there sakamoto ended up like uh fighting him off and uh throwing a couple clotheslines but he ducked under both of them and hit him with that big form he does like when yeah. he fires up dropped Sekimoto went to the top rope hit him with a drop kick from the top rope covered him one, like almost got a three count then he started fighting for a German. Sekimoto fought off the German through an enziguri, like the the Pele kick. That yeah, he hit him with a Pele kick, which I was like, "This is awesome." <laughs> um, then he tried to throw another uh, clothesline at. So the, the there was a story in this match that like. Umino couldn't really put Sakamoto down with strikes, but if he used his quickness and got enough like uh, momentum, he could hurt Sakamoto. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, Sakamoto was brutalizing him. But Sakamoto was really looking for the for the big lariat, and Umino was doing everything in his power to avoid it. So he tried to throw a lariat, and Umino ducks it, ends up. Uh, what is it called when you uh, when you grab the guy's arms? He ends up doing a, a a backslide. Okay. He ends up doing a backslide. Almost gets the victory off that. Um, hits him with another missile drop kick. He had he ends up uh, getting a German suplex on Sakamoto. He he actually got the German. Yeah, he got the German on him. Um, Sakamoto ended up after that kicking out, cut him off with a knee strike. Uh, then he did this backbreaker that I've never seen, and it looked disgusting. Disgusting. <laughs> uh, like it was like he he like turned him and then hit him with it. It was really 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 nasty. Put him in the Boston Crab. Umino ends up getting out of that, which it looked like he was going to tap, which most young boys would have. Um, Sakamoto started hitting him with strikes, uh, dropping bombs on him. Umino came back and then he got killed with a lariat. I mean, killed. It was one of the nastiest lariats I've seen this year. And then he. Goes for uh, Sakamoto uh, suplexes him, gets two. Then Sakamoto went to the top rope, hit him with a missile drop kick, tried to cover again, got two. Then Sakamoto picks him up and just freaking does like a toss. I don't even know what it was. <laughs> and then um, hits him with another lariat, but this time like a running lariat. One, two, three. It was game all time. Over. Yeah, game time. They went 15, 14 minutes, 38 seconds. Uh, the crowd was so into Sakamoto. I mean, this was, you know, it's a K-Dojo crowd. It's a K-Dojo arena, apparent, you know, usually. So, I mean, these are guys who probably are very familiar with Sakamoto. But he, was get, he got the loudest pop of the night. Really, really fun match. This is one of those matches where if Amino, like, later on in, in his career blows up, this can be one of those early, like... That you look back. That you look back and you're like, wow, this was great. And I... Bro, I want to see Sakamoto come back. He did say in the post-match comments that his main focus is all Japan and big Japan right now. But if he has more dates and yeah, time, I, Yeah, I saw that, yeah. So I'm like, oh, my God. Please, 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 please. Yeah, I, I guess he's being advertised for big Japan and 
July. So I'm sure. I mean, he's yeah. one of their mainstays. And then Yuji Nagata and Ayoto Yoshida ended up wrestling. Very good match. Um, simple story with, uh, you know, Yoshida wanting to take out Nagata. They wrestled a couple times in the past. But, uh, you know, Yoshida didn't have enough to put Nagata down. Next month, uh, they've already got the dates out for the for, new- lo- for long uh, Project 13. Umino is in the main event. Oh yeah, yeah, and I'm pretty sure I could be wrong. I don't think Nagata's been in not in the main event one of these shows before. So who's, who's Umino going against? I'll have to look it up, but yeah, we'll look it up. It's in the news, but really, 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 really good card as far as like Young Lions. This is the best card since the um, since the uh, what was the 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 Young Lions Cup? Yeah, 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 yeah. I haven't really been into any of these shows since since that lion that Young Lions Cup. So this was really good. I. Highly, if you're listening, go. They've got English commentary up. Go watch Sakamoto versus Umino. If you if you've never seen Sakamoto, you need to you need to watch him. He he freaking rules. Yeah, Sakamoto is the man. It was great that we got to see him live in New Orleans. So that's that's what we got for for the reviews. You want to start talking about some news here? Yeah, let's dive into news. What do you got? You got anything? I do got some stuff I, actually. I knew you had something up your sleeve, Jeremy. <laughs> I knew uh, you come. I knew you come. <laughs> Let me pull my find my notes here. Um, so yeah, so it's a few of the things that I had. Did you watch Being the Elite today? Yes, I did. Okay. Um, you want to talk about that first? Sure. Yeah. So new being the elite being the elite release today. So I just watched one, uh, the last week's episode today. I've been slacking on that. That was pretty good. I know we t- you talked about that last week, and then uh, I caught up on the new episode, Water Under the Bridge, today. So what were your thoughts? Uh, honestly, I mean, there wasn't a lot of like key story stuff that really, that really happened. I mean, it was kind of. Almost like a filler episode. Like, it was still, like, Kenny still hadn't opened the package yet. Yeah, what's going on? Like, how long is it going to take this dude to open up a package? Bro, when I get a package at my door, I open up immediately. Yeah. And then um, he texted, uh, you know, Matt Jackson. was like, you know, I'll talk to you after Dominion. Mm -hmm. Um, They have, you know, Matt was talking to Hangman about killing uh, Joey Ryan. Yeah. Um, What else was there? Oh, Marty's girl was um he revealed that he got fired from the record deal. And yes. they're like, Why did you lie to us? <laughs> Just really cheesy, horrible acting, but it was still hilarious. Yeah. Um they made him like be like Flip Gordon's like babysitter for this Best of Super Junior tour. Uh, so that was pretty funny. Yeah, I mean, it seems like we're leading to well, they said that they're not they made it seem like they're not even going to blow this off until after Dominion. You're right. The whole thing, the storyline with uh Kenny, Kenny yeah. and the Bucks. So I'm like, what are we waiting for? <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. But um yeah, I I thought it was an okay episode. I mean, yeah, it was it was okay. Definitely not one of the best, but it was okay. What what's the deal? Joey Ryan's supposed to be dead. I I hear he's working all over the territories. No, like, no, no. The ghost of Joey Ryan's working all over the territories. Is that what's happening? I've seen a couple places advertise him as the the ghost of Joey Ryan. Is that really what they're advertising him as? Yeah. I did not know that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah, I guess the the ghost of Joey Ryan has been performing. Um so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what news did you have for us? Um, so the Kenny Omega Long Beach show that we'll be going to June 29th here in uh, Florida. I hear it's not doing well. Yeah, they're, that's my news. They're in the same boat. It's a cow palace where 
they can't announce any matches until after Dominion because um, things scheduled for Dominion will affect this show. It's on the New Japan schedule now, so it's it's going to be canon. It's going to be part of like storyline. That's cool. Um, but yeah, it's in the same boat as the Cow Palace show where it's not. They haven't sold a whole bunch of tickets yet. Yeah, I. I mean, I feel like a lot of that just comes down to advertising. Like, they haven't really advertised this thing. Like, nobody seems to know about it. Right. I mean, we had one listener last week who was like, I didn't know about it until I listened to you guys' show and you guys covered it. Yeah. And, like, I don't know how big the... I heard that the venue, like, seats, like, 8,000. I'm sure it's going to be tarped off and stuff. But, I mean, I don't know. Like... (laughs) I don't know. Like, how many tickets were they trying to sell? You know, I don't know what their their financial goal is. No one seems to know much about this. You know what I mean? Also, like, I I understand I'm not criticizing Kenny, although I would if I felt like I needed to or whatever, because when's he ever going to listen to this anyways? But, but, um, you know... Is there that much crossover between, like, a fighting game championship and then, like, New Japan fans? You know what I mean? Like, is that going to be a big draw to bring people into the tournament? Like, I don't know that it is. Maybe, maybe, but, like, in Daytona, like, how many people in Florida are, like, trying their hardest to get out there for that type of show? Right. Maybe they would if there was better advertising, but, you know, we're we're not that far away from all these other New Japan shows, so, I mean... It, to me, it just seems like the redheaded stepchild of like of shows. You know yeah, I mean? I mean, like we mentioned, I the, mean, how yeah. did we even find out that that was happening here? Like, we barely like. I saw it on Twitter. Yeah, like we, I saw Kenny Omega like tweeted about it, and that's when I was like, "Oh, Kenny's coming back to Florida," and like I was all kept up, kept up with everything. But there hasn't been much much like news about it. So right, I mean, you're looking at what the the Observer? Yeah, Wrestling Observer. Have they shared any numbers or anything? They that, no, Dave doesn't have any numbers yet. I'm sure he will soon. Um, next thing, um, speaking of Dominion, um, Don Callis won't be back on commentary until Dominion due to his duties with Impact. Um, as we mentioned, Kevin Kelly, he did the. Uh, he'll be doing the June 3rd and June 4th uh, Corrigan Hall shows live, which are the final days of Best of the Super Juniors. And the finals the next day. Um, then some hot topic news. Um, the website has a list of the top 10 t shirts on sale. And Chris Jericho's um, Lista Ingobernables de Jericho shirt is a number one shirt, which is the shirt he wore when he attacked Naiko, Naito and Fukuoka. And at number five is the Alpha Club shirt. So those those are the only two wrestling shirts in the top ten right now. Uh, Jericho actually posted a video where he's at the Citrus Park Mall, which is a hop, skip, and a jump from where we live right now. Yeah, and that's by his house, so we must be right real close to Jericho. I mean, we live in Tampa, so we're by all the wrestlers out here. But uh, yeah, he posted a video of him at the local Hot Topic at the Citrus Park Mall trying to find his shirt, which he was able to find some. So that was I saw that. That was kind of cool. Um, let's see if I have any. Thing else here, um, dead air, dead, <laughs> dead air. Oh yeah, so yeah, the France TV deal that we've talked about before. Um, so here's what the deal on that: it's a test run of the access shows. They're running from 8:30 to 11:30 p.m. every Saturday night, but it's only for a one month of the tests. Um, the commentaries in French, obviously, even though the graphics at the beginning mentioned Jim Ross and Josh Barnett. 
Um, the final show is expected to be the recent Long Beach show and will go on a break at that point. Also, it's the only non-WWE wrestling on TV in France as Lucha, Lucha Underground also airs there and is currently airing season three. Huh. <laughs> wow. That's cool. Yeah. So I think that's all I have. So um, let's talk about this. So have you had a chance to, to read up on the stuff with... I don't know how to pronounce his name. I heard it's not Meej. Uh, Harold, Harold Meej, Mage. I hear it's like Mai or something Ma- like that. Mai, I, I don't it? know. Let's, let's call him Harold. <laughs> yeah, so th- did you see the interview with Harold? Yes, I did. Talking about uh, wanting to expand New Japan and wanting to compete with uh, WWE and how they have a better looking roster. <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> so, yeah, but like some of the stuff that really cut out, you know, stood out to me was like, and thanks to Chris Charlton, uh, you know, he was posting the uh, translate. I tried to read the original and then translate it to English, but I the, the Google Translate was not was not helpful there. But um. Yeah, he posted some stuff and some of the, the clips from the interview that, that Harold did. You know, he was talking about they're expecting to post record sales for their reporting period ending in July of this year, 4.6 billion yen. Um, but that's still one, only 120th of the revenue that WWE does. And they were like, 20 years ago, WWE was only twice as big as New Japan. But then when they started focusing on their video delivery and TV rights, their TV rights revenue is 180 times larger than New Japan's. And so basically they're happy to continue with their 80% share of Japan, but a key for them is whether or not they'll be able to expand internationally. Um, in this interview with, with you know, the new president of New Japan, um, you know, how are they going to basically grow it internationally? And he said that they run 150 events a year to a combined audience of 400,000 people. Ticket sales make up about half of their business, but there's a glass ceiling there because you can only grow so much when you're when you're doing live business model like that with the roster size and the venues that they run. So in Orphan to Grow, content distribution, rights fees, and licensing become imperative. Right. Um, they have about 100,000 monthly subscribers to New Japan World, and you know WWE has about 1.5 million uh, to WWE Network, and then basically... You know, they, they want to be ambassadors for Japan to foreign visitors. They want to be synonymous with Japanese uh, Japan for foreigners, kind of like how Mount Fuji or like sushi is basically. And, you know, they're running shows abroad. Uh, the event they ran in L.A. sold 4,500 tickets in 10 minutes. In July, they'll be, you know, in San Francisco in a 10,000 seat building. Um, they're looking for more sponsors overseas. And, you know, for companies that want to look to expand the brand internationally, they can have their logo seen on videos worldwide. Right now, they can get it while it's still affordable, basically, is right. what they're saying. Um, also, he kind of mentioned how, like, within New Japan, um, you know, within Japan, like, there's so much uh, revenue that's being already done just domestically with like sumo and they're not even like close to what sumo is pulling in nationally in japan and so for them to kind of like grow they they, they're going to need to start doing those type you know start focusing on their domestic like business as well yeah um he said uh harold said that they want to get 10 billion yen in sales within three years at least the sumo association pulls in 12 billion in revenue and that's just domestic so it would be a failure if they're not at least at that level within the next three years long term they want to be able to trouble wwe if you just look at our product you'll see that it's not out of the question japan represents 10 percent 
of the global economy, language, culture, business styles, and all are big hurdles for growing that. The Japanese sense of duty does not translate to a foreign contract driven culture. It hurts Japanese companies in acquisitions and negotiations. But for Harold, he doesn't have that problem of culture or language because he's done business internationally. He's very, very, very familiar with that scene. And he can become the, you know, and he said, I can become the model of marketing sports content worldwide. Jeremy, what are your thoughts about, you know, we're not business analytics right. like or an analysts or anything, but what do you think about what, what you know, the new president of New Japan is saying? I mean, everything seems like great. I mean, look at this guy's background. You see, you see his track record of success, and I can only expect successful things for him being the head of New Japan. And it looks like he really wants to focus on expanding this product and making New Japan even better than it already is and really focusing on that global expansion. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it sounds good. Um, he touched on something there that I think is really, 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 really important, and it's the TV rights. Mm-hmm. Like, their TV deal, from what I understand, is... Crap. Yeah, it's crap. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not like it used to be back in the 90s or the 80s when they had, like, primetime television. They don't have that anymore. The fact that they're thriving at the level they are without it is actually a huge testament to what they've been able to accomplish right. and do. Imagine if they had a primetime spot. Well, you know, we're not really a WWE podcast, but, you know, the, the, the rumors are rumbling. And obviously the biggest news story of, of today is like, you know, what's going on with WWE and the fact that they've been able to shop USA and NBC Universal into taking Raw. And they've got a uh, one of the most like substantial um like offerings for 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 the raw program and then the news broke out today that they're going to be taking smackdown over to fox and like every like that what's the deal with fox they're they're going to get like what 1 billion dollars well, all all this over a 5 year right, deal right now all this is kind of speculation and hearsay there's not like official like contracts have not been signed there's not official deals yet but what's been reported I see, I see the stock yeah the stock I'm like is, oh my god i wish i had same WWE here stock. same here man <laughs> yo i would sell that off in a immediately minute. i would sell it off right now yeah but it's it's one of those things where it's like WWE at this point doesn't even have to do a good job with what they do at all, and they're not. Listen to me, they are not. Yeah. From 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 a wrestling fan's perspective, they're not doing a good job. From a business perspective, it doesn't matter what they if if this stuff is true, it doesn't matter what they do over the next five years. Like they're gonna make more money. They're gonna be a they're a billion dollar reporting company. Yeah. Now, if this is true. And, you know, we're we're looking at these analytic numbers that that Harold and them kind of like dropped. And it's like those are based off numbers from previous and like WWE's bolstered and ready to be way bigger than it ever was before after these TV rights deals. So, like, in order for New Japan to like really succeed like that is got to be one of their one of the key focuses in my mind is like. Not just internationally, domestically. Domestically, they need a TV deal. Yeah. They need a TV deal. So hopefully, Harold can uh, bring that to the table. What are your thoughts about them poking the bear? You know, it usually doesn't end up well for people who poke the bear. Bro, it makes me nervous when, yeah. when people start talking about, like, challenging WWE and, like, they're different and what they offer and everything like that. And tr- they, they do offer all that and they are different. But, bro, 
every company that says this goes out of business and every time someone starts talking about competing with WWE it just makes me nervous yeah and right now like from from a company standpoint like the number two company in the world is New Japan they might be a fraction of the size of WWE but they have the you know the biggest numbers and they're right. doing the and, biggest business. And the thing is, WWE is only getting bigger. They're they're working on their global expansion. I mean, the UK division. Yep. They're pushing With the whole ITV thing. Yeah, they're pushing their UK division pretty hard. Their tournament's going to be next month. Bro, they uh, don't even know what to do with these people. They don't even know. Bro, do you see everyone that they're signing up? Yeah, they sign like Flash Morgan, Flash Webster. Morgan Webster. They got freaking Travis Banks. Yeah, I hear that they got Tony Storm. I'm like, what the crap is this, bro? They're about to kill progress. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, um really interesting stuff from from uh Harold my may may my We'll figure it out. Yeah. But um yeah, really 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 interesting. So, we'll go through the the other news here. This this past week was a heavy article uh week. So, I'll just kind of go through some of the articles if you want to check out Kenny Omega was interviewed by sportsillustrated.com. He had a, a great interview talking about the CEO show that's coming up, the Dominion uh, main event with him and Okada, his ongoing feud with Cody, stuff with the Young Bucks being the elite, and also the Long Beach show and all that. If you get a chance, check that out. Uh, Taiji Ishimori did an interview with New Japan. It's on the New Japan website. Um, and it was really, really, really interesting. It was kind of like the reintroduction of his character. And then also, like, he also threw some shade back at uh, at Noah. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, if you want to learn more about him, that was a great thing. ESPN.com did a, a write-up on Zack Sabre Jr., talking about his success, you know, him going to New Japan. And, you know, he basically said this is exactly where he wants to be at this point in time of his career. So that was great. Jericho did an interview with Mirror.com uh, in the UK talking about the feud with Naito. Definitely want to check that out. Also, speaking of Naito, he did a Q&A article with SportsIllustrated.com as well. Uh, at one point, he did say that he is superior to Chris Jericho in every <laughs> single way. <laughs> So I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, there was also an article that came out with uh, – there's a, a movie star over in Japan. Her name's Jarena. I don't know much about her. Yeah. But she – in her interview, she talked about Kenny Omega and she has a, a, a wrestling-themed movie in that like she sat at ringside at Wrestle Kingdom when he wrestled Okada and that she like – Draw, has drawn all her inspiration from Kenny Omega and like the passion that he brings as a performer. <laughs> That's so, awesome. Yeah, so that was really, really, really interesting. Um, I think that pretty much does it as far as like interviews. Um, in other news, uh, all hail Okada because he is now at seven hundred days consecutive consecutive yeah. as IWGP champion. Good job, little Kazu. Little Kazu. <laughs> <laughs> You, oh, speaking of records, how about this for you? So yes, we talk about we talk about the record books, and we I don't want to take anything away from Okada, but did you know that like prior to the mid '80s, New Japan had a different title belt? I think you mentioned that to me, yeah. Yeah. So this is something I so listeners, bit of fun fact, history, and trivia for you. So when New Japan first opened their doors, they didn't have a world title, so they they created a world title to start off, and they called it the Real World Championship. Yeah. <laughs> and it was contested uh, in a few matches between Carl Gotch and uh, 
uh, Antonio Inoki. And eventually Inoki ended up, or Carl Gotch ended up taking the title out of the promotion. So when they didn't have a title, uh, in 1973, Johnny Powers came over and that's a whole story, but Inoki ended up buying the title from, from the NW, the NWF world title from the, uh, New York based, uh, territory and then they established that as their world championship well how about this for a bit of trivia antonio inoki consecutively defended that title on television 30 different times in his second reign wow yeah (laughs) so if you want to and that was the world title of their promotion so yes we're talking about like you know okada's 12 defenses and how it's so history making and everything but like they actually had a title prior prior to this so once i saw that i was like okada talking about 100 title defenses might not be that (laughs) (laughs) might not be that crazy because he's much better than inoki ever was yeah as great as inoki was i mean he it's okada um (laughs) but yeah i saw that i i started doing some research and i was like man no Inoki defended and that was only in one title reign he had four title reigns wow yeah um so uh All In came out with their StarCast schedule we're gonna be going to All In you posted this in our group thread about about the StarCast schedule what are your thoughts about StarCast well first of all StarCast is working together with All In but StarCast is not run by Cody and the Young Bucks StarCast is run by uh, Conrad Thompson, co-host of Something to Wrestle with Bruce, Bruce Pritchard. Oh, yeah. So he put this whole deal together. They can he, help you with your credit, right? Yeah. That's what I hear. <laughs> I hear they're great at that. Um, they'll hook you up. Even if you got bad credit, they'll, they'll find something for you. Uh, so, yeah. So they're running this whole StarCast convention, this podcast convention, alongside of all, and they're kind of partnering together. And so, yeah, some of the all-in guys will be on some of their scheduled events. I mean, I don't know, man. Um, I don't really have too much negative to say about it. I still hear like, uh, you know, I've heard a lot of different like podcasts bringing it up, and yeah. Um, I so essentially when when Starcast first became a thing, one of our good friends and a listener of the show, Jordan Fox from, from the World, World World Class Pod from World Class Podcast. What's up, Jordan? Um, he basically posted in. We have a social suplex thread, and he posted in it, and he was like. Would any of you guys be interested in doing uh, All In as, like, a podcast? And I was like, heck yeah. <laughs> and then he was like, well, I'm going to be applying for it. So I know he applied for it. And uh, then he basically told us that, you know, if you weren't – if they didn't think that you were of a certain caliber, that basically you you might be invited back in but at a pay-per-day rate of, like, $500 per table. Yeah. Um, we didn't even apply once I saw that. And so a lot of different podcasts have been talking about, you know, what's kind of going on with that. I mean, what are your thoughts, Jeremy? Uh, I mean, $500 a day. I mean, I just don't see to – ba- To basically just show up with a table and basically – to tweet out that you're all in, right? Like, which I, we're gonna do anyways, right? Like, I, I just don't see like what the return on the investment is. I mean, I'm gonna go with my portable recorder and hopefully we we could probably catch somebody, you know, in between something around the corner and get like a 10 minute interview without paying that much money. So let's look at this schedule on Thursday from five to six thirty. You've got the official Starcast meet and greet meeting Cody, the Young Bucks, Bruce Pritchard, Eric Bischoff, Tony Schiavone, and more. I'm like. Meeting Cody and the Bucks is cool, but I mean, I don't know. Do you want to meet all those like pod, you know, 
former wrestling personalities and podcasters. I mean, is that something you're trying to do? No. Nah. Um, from 7 to 8.30, they got the Monday Night Wars debate with Bruce Pritchard and Eric Bischoff. Oh, that sounds riveting. <laughs> from 7 to 8.30, karaoke with Marty Skrull. That's probably going to be hilarious. Yeah, that, that's going to be interesting. 9 to 11 p.m., Papa Buck jam session with Matt Coon, which... As a uh, musician, I'd be into that, but I don't know if I want to pay the daily rate of this thing. Just for that, yeah. 9 to 11 p.m. Botchamania with Tony Schiavone, comedy from Ron Fuchs and Cassio Kid. So that's the whole first day of Thursday. I mean, does anything on that... Is this something you want to go to? We haven't even talked about it. Well, I mean, tickets are pretty much... Like for like all the events, like all the gold and platinum tickets are sold out. They just have the general admission to like all the free areas. People are like really buying these this crap up. Yeah, is this something that, that like when you see it and no judgment here, but like for me, it's not something I'm like wanting to even go to. I mean, honestly, I'd rather go to the AAW shows. Yeah, I'm like looking at this. I'm like, what? As a wrestling like as a wrestling fan, this doesn't even. I've I heard people be like, this has a very uh, WrestleCon feel to it. Not to me. Yeah, this looks nothing like WrestleCon. I'd, uh, if it was like WrestleCon, I'd want to go. Yeah. Um, Friday, they've got uh, from 10 a.m. to 11.30, WrestleCrap with R.D. Reynolds. 10 to 1 p.m. video game tournament hosted by Leva Bates. Uh, that's Blue, Blue Pants. Pants. Um, 9 to 1.30 p.m. WHW Monday. What is that? That's... Um that's uh, Tony Schiavone's show. Okay, with Tony Schiavone and guests. Uh, 12.30 to 2 p.m., Total Nonstop Jarrett with guests, which that might be cool. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of sounds funny. Total Nonstop Jarrett. Is, does he have a podcast called Total Nonstop Jarrett? Uh, as far as I know, he doesn't. Maybe okay. he, maybe he's starting one. Uh, 2.30 to 4 p.m., official StarCast meet and greet with All In Superstars. That might be cool. And I'm not even one of these marks that like wants to go to meet and greets, but out of everything that's been listed... That's the only thing that would be slightly interesting to me personally. Like, I don't know. I'm not someone who wants to go and watch these guys like talk on a live basis, really, unless like right. it's a really good show or something. I don't know. Um, two to two to three thirty empty arena match retrospective with Jerry Lawler and Terry Funk. It's like that's cool. And as a as like a, a wrestling history fan, that's a really cool idea. But bro, that was in 1981. Do you want to go sit down and listen to Jerry Lawler and Terry Funk talk about their empty arena match from 1981? Nah. Not, not really. Why am I? No. Why, not, definitely not pay to hear it. 4.30 to 6 p.m. War Games retrospective with J.J. Dillon, Tully Blanchard, Lex Luger, and Animal. Again, sounds cool. But that was in 1987, bro. Before we were born. <laughs> and I'm 30. <laughs> oh, bro, right. we're talking about 40 like like almost 40 years ago for the freaking empty arena match over 30 years ago for the for the first war games 6 to 8 p.m. the all in weigh-ins and press conference like what are they weighing in for right like there's not weight class and if match. the press conference is anything like what I saw from the press conference the other week I don't want to go to that uh, 8.30 to 10.30 p.m. the roast of Bruce Pritchard which I don't care about that 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. Spend my days karaoke with Bruce Pritchard and Jeff Jarrett. Where's freaking Wale? Where's Wale Mania? <laughs> and then Saturday, they got DDP Yoga work Workshop uh, from 8.30 to 10. They got a video game tournament um, from 10 to 1. 9 to 11, StarCast meet and greet with all in superstars. Primetime wrestling with Sean Mooney and guests. Sean Mooney, bro. Yeah. From 9 to 10.30. You want to go see Sean Mooney? 11 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. Xbox and 1, 2, 3, 
one, two, 360 degrees of the NWO. Oh my God. With Kevin Nash and Scott Hall. 1130 to one Medusa unthrottled with guests on women wrestling. I might want to go to that. <laughs> I love Medusa. Okay, that's something I might want to go to, but I don't want to pay the rate, so no. Um, 130 to 3 p.m. Keeping it 100 with Conan and Disco Inferno and Hurricane. Uh, 3 to 4.30, the death of WCW. Like, what the heck? Sunday, 9 to 10.30, old-timers breakfast. Yeah, yeah, it is. An old-timers <laughs> breakfast. 10, 10.30 to noon, the official StarCast meet and greet, all in superstars. 11, 12.30, the art of wrestling with Colt Cabana. And then why it ended with Robbie E from 12.30 to 2 p.m. Here's the thing. The only things that sound kind of cool is the meet and greets. Right. I'm, I'm all down. Excited to WrestleCon this year. I like meeting guys. You know, Those meet and greets are like an hour and a half. Yeah. There's 10,000 people here. There's not that many wrestling things going on. Do you think they're going to get through 10,000 fans in an hour and a half each day? No. Come on, man. This is this is ridiculous. This is like – this is a – okay. I don't want to be too harsh. For, there are probably fans who this appeals to. I just don't happen to be one of those fans personally. Right. Well, it comes to something like this and seeing maybe like AAW and who else. There might be some other indie shows that happen that weekend. I'd rather see more wrestling than been walking around like something like this. The the only thing that sounds cool that's free with your entry, basically they've got uh, a Hall of Champions where you can go check out championship belts from history uh, there's also something called play by play booth where you get to sit down and call classic matches with Ch- Tony Schiavone and other uh, like you know people mm, that I don't know that that's about it the pop-up studio podcast movement which is you know basically people who are creating podcasts like right. uh, like us who yeah. are, who are paying money to do it are you going to Starcast? No. I, I don't want to go to Starcast. I'm not going to pay money to go watch these guys do this. Like, why would I do that? Right. And I'm not even talking from like a, oh, we didn't get invited or something. It's not even like that. It's like, why would I as a wrestling fan who is going to see this thing that's supposed to be this like revolution and this like, you know, catalyst for change in the industry. Go listen to these guys from 30 years ago. Talk about crap that I can just go watch on the freaking network. Yeah. I can just go play it on the network for nine 99 for nine 99 on the W. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, man, I'd rather go see AAW. I'd rather go explore Chicago. Yeah. I, I've never been to Chicago. Bro, if we're going to be there. Like, let's just go to Chicago. Like the, and I'm not even one who's usually like that. I'm usually like, let's go to all the wrestling. I'm the guy who went to 13 wrestling shows in three days. At New Orleans. In New Orleans. Yeah, yeah. And like, I could have been eating beignets and like having hurricanes, but I didn't. Like, I was watching wrestling. <laughs> um, but no, like, yeah, StarCast sounds like crap to me. Yeah. I it, mean, it just sounds like really crap. Yeah. I don't know. It's, like, none of the podcasts that I listen to personally, like, are involved with that. And I guess that's probably because the, the podcasts I listen to usually cover, A, alternative wrestling, like, like independent stuff and in international. Japan, yeah. And, B, they're ran by fans who actually care. Right. And these guys, like, I don't know, Tony Schiavone. Like, I, I love Tony Schiavone, but I'm not going to listen to his podcast. Right. I, I don't listen to Schiavone. Uh, I listen to Pritchard every week, but Why? still. Why? He, li- he lies. <laughs> He's a liar. But Conrad calls him on his lies, and it's I don't hilarious. I like Conrad. Well, listen, the only thing that's cool about it is they cover like they do have some in-depth stuff, but I'm not that into their stuff. I'd rather listen to Observer. I don't know. Oh my god. Uh, well, I think we spent enough time on Sarcastles. 
wrap this up. Okay, cool. So um, we've got some names announced for the Strong Style Evolved UK tour. Taiji Ishimori is um, confirmed for this. Uh, Zack Sabre Jr. is going to be there. Yuji Nagata, uh, Minoru Suzuki, Shota Umino, Taichi, Jay White, uh, Will Ospreay, and Izuka. More names to follow, but that is coming up here shortly. Very, very, very shortly. Hopefully, uh, Zuka's flight gets canceled or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for those of you who are subscribed to Honor Club, like me and uh, Jeremy, freaking basic marks, uh, <laughs> they have now announced that the Ring of Honor app is going to be coming out with uh, allowing you to watch Honor Club on iOS and Android. Thank God. Thank God. I don't. I, they didn't talk about any uh, ability to cast yet, but that's a step in the right direction. Hopefully, um, Dominion tickets are sold out. Yeah. So if you are wanting to go to Dominion, uh, too bad. Yeah, it, 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 game over for you. Um, so that's pretty much done. Also, English content for Lionsgate, like we talked about, and then also the best of the Super Juniors, even though it's not live. The English content is slowly but surely coming Kevin out. Kevin Kelly in the booth drop, dropping them English tracks for us. He's dropping fire, man. He's dropping fire. Um, Cody has been on uh, a podcast tour this past week. He was on the Edge and Christian yes, podcast. I, I did catch the Edge and Christian uh, podcast last Friday. And I know you listen to Observer every day, right? Yeah. yeah I didn't catch the Cody oh. on, on Observer. Wow. Okay. So yeah, but I caught a lot of the like show notes and stuff like that. Mainly, he was talking about all in and that sort of thing. So I mean, all in's just been a hot, hot, hot topic. Yeah. Um, we already talked about Hiromu's book, which is cool. How about Jeff Cobb? Yeah. So Jeff Cobb, he's gonna be at the New Japan CEO show in Daytona. It's also sound like he's now booked for some more stuff coming up in the summer. He's going to be on the whole Kazuna Road Tour. Yeah. Yeah, so he's not he's not scheduled to be in the G1. So for those of you who are thinking that's a possibility, don't get your hopes up. It's not happening. But Jeff Cobb will be on the Kazuna Road Tour in June for New Japan. And that just shows me that's just a sign in the right direction. They, that we talked about it in December. Like, we hope he bring, they bring him back. Well, he's back, so. It took a while, but he's here. Um, we talked about the press conference, Best of Super Juniors. There was news that dropped today about Fire Pro Wrestling. So, August 28th is going to be the official release date of Fire Pro Wrestling World for the PlayStation 4. Uh, pre-orders are now being accepted. And for those of you who do pre-order, along with your physical copy, you will be getting a uh, Los Ingrenables de Hapo style shirt but it's a fire pro wrestling shirt along with the towel with the same logo and four little miniature things that are styled in the same style as uh muscle did you ever see those ultimate muscle figures little small ones yeah yeah, yeah. And then um, they also have the the DLC roster that is going to be coming out very shortly for both the PS4 as well as the um, the PC versions of this game. So. Are we getting a PlayStation 4 so we can play Fire Pro? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Strong Style Studios. And uh, just recently, um, if you are not familiar with history of Best of the Super Juniors, uh, New Japan just came out with a Best of the Super Juniors retrospective video just showing the winners from each year from 1994 all the way through 2017. Really, really well done. So I highly recommend if you've got five minutes, just plug that in. It's really, really, really cool. Yeah, definitely check that out. And then um, the last bit of news, but it's important news. And Oh, no, I'm sorry. Two things. Uh, 
earlier today, the free match of the week came out. It was Kyle O'Reilly versus uh, Kushida from the Best of the Super Juniors Finals in 2015, which is, I think is my favorite Kyle O'Reilly and favorite Kushida match. So um, if, if you've never seen that, do yourself a favor and, and check yeah, that match. That's an out. awesome match. I love that match. Um, and then... So, have you heard about this NJPW extension that was released on on uh, the Reddit? Yeah. So, a Reddit user he like created an extension for New Japan World that's uh, that works with Google Chrome, and it's like a better. It kind of enhances your New Japan World experience. It allows you to, like bookmark matches he recently played. It uh, does a better job of translating. Um, the pages in English. So this was a the user's name is NJPWEXT on Reddit, and yeah, he exactly what Jeremy's talking about. So um, this this now I haven't downloaded it yet, but I'm I'm going to. But basically, you install the link. It's it's tagged at the top of the NJPW uh, Reddit uh, board. So if you're listening, you definitely want to go there and you know. Well, hey, if you download it, that's on you. I don't want to tell you to download it. And something <laughs> bad happens, but. Uh, it's on you, but it is being promoted by them. Um, it's 100% free and adds the following features to improve the usability of NJPW World, especially for English-speaking users. So it improves the translations. Uh, language preferences are hidden and the site is always displayed in English. Known mistranslations are replaced. Uh, it improves the match-slash-show formatting where possible, so dates, venues, and opponents are reformatted for clarity. If you watch something, it will be marked as watch from now so that you can keep track of your viewing. You get icons to clarify the type of content, whether it's championship match, a tournament final, an opening match, uh, comments or press conference, uh, you know, video or pre or post game shows. It hides spoilers. It it blurs any posters and match listings on the homepage and tournament listings, which is freaking awesome. Yeah. Uh, it will merge events together so you can consolidate shows available in multiple languages. You can hide non-wrestling content like press conferences, pre- or post-game shows, or contract signings. Um, you also have a chance to bookmark and create your own playlist. So you can add videos to your playlist, save bookmarks to the series and events, synchronize uh, your watch party. So you can start a party to watch synchronized videos with your friends. So you guys can all watch at the same time. So, you know, it's hard. Like if, if we've actually tried to do this before, if we all want to watch at the same time with this it synchronizes the video so everybody's watching the same thing at the exact same time party members are kept within one second of each other you can use or hide the group chat during the party which i'm like dude for us who like we we've tried to you know obviously new japan is on you know we can't watch it live so when we've tried to have viewing parties with our online group it's almost impossible but this would give us a chance to create a viewing party people can join it and watch it in, yeah. in progress which, dude new japan needs to hire this guy yep and then you can also um use or hide the group chat during the party so you can actually have a group chat going on during the party and then you can um it's their settings saved in the cloud so you log in njpwworld.com to manage your settings on any chrome device with the extension installed and it will save it on the other devices and no personally identifiable information is ever saved no tracking scripts of any kind this is awesome Dude, this is amazing. Like I said, New Japan needs to hire this guy to work on New Japan World. Like, all this stuff should be features that New Japan World already has. Yeah, this is something where, like, and this is this is kind of what we were talking about earlier. Like, you know, with 
Um, you know, I'm a fan of like people in the community doing things like this. Obviously, like we're not getting paid to do this podcast. Other people that are doing podcasts aren't getting paid to do it. People that are uh, like Chris Charlton, who's like, you know, posting like translations, translations and Mr. Lariato and all these different guys who are in the community. They're not like getting paid to do this stuff. You know, they do it because they're passionate about the product and whoever this was, whoever like I'm the guy who doesn't even know if Reddit is a, a forum or not. <laughs> so I'm not good with computers, but like it's really simple. You download a link and then you can you have a more user friendly experience yeah. on NJPW World, which is just awesome. Yeah, so shout out to that guy and check out that extension. Now I know I'm gonna download We're it. We're gonna check download it, out. it and we'll let you guys know what we think after the test run. It just came out. And uh, for me, that is gonna do it for the news. Yeah, so that's going to wrap it up this week. Uh, next week, we'll be back with more Best of the Super Junior coverage. Uh, really thank you again for listening to another episode of Keeping It Strong Style. Make sure you connect with us on social media, on Twitter. Our show is at KI Strong Style. Um, I'm at Jeremy L. Donovan Social Suplex at Social Suplex on Facebook or Facebook.com slash Social Suplex. We also have our exclusive uh, membership group, the Wrestling Squared Circle Facebook.com slash group slash Wrestling Squared Circle and make sure you check out all the other shows on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. We got One Nation Radio One Nation Live hosted by Rich Latta. We have the Outsider's Edge hosted by Rance and Carl the Ricky and Clive wrestling show from Scotland obviously hosted by Ricky and Clive the Wrestling Wash hosted by Caleb Baldwin we have Grown Men Watch This Shit hosted by um, Chris and uh, uh, Jeremy Tate Um, oh it's Jeremy Tate yeah great (laughs) aka uh, Vanderbeek um, I think did I miss anything all all shows and we may be having a new show coming out. We are not going to spill the beans yet, but let's just say that there is an undercovered aspect of pro wrestling that exists out there, and we will be having a show very, very shortly, provided all the stars align and everything goes yeah. well. So yeah, so and make sure you subscribe to the network, guys, to see all this stuff. Because new content's always coming up, right. all the time. Also, make sure you check out our uh, Joey Osborne and Blanco local interview if you haven't checked that out yet. That's up on the network. Also, like, thank you guys for being involved in what we do and, like, listening to this. You guys could, you know, spend your time doing something else. And, and, uh, you know, many of you guys choose to, you know, let us accompany you to your rides to work or, you know, whatever, whenever it is that you guys, you know, plug this in. We get positive feedback all the time. So the fact that you guys are still digging this and still, like, listening and sticking with us, um, you know, we really appreciate the support and we need you guys, your help in order to grow this thing because I see all the time where people have talked about like, oh, there's not consistent New Japan podcasts. And I'm like, we're right here. Like we've been we post yeah. every single week. Yeah, we've been doing this for a while now and, since uh, December. And so people, you know, it, but it's one of those things where like there's so much space out there on the Internet. And I mean, in order for this thing to grow, we need your guys help. So if you right. dig what we're doing, give us a share, give us a follow, give us a link give us a listen whatever it is that you do right share with your friends make sure you're subscribed leave us a rating and review that helps us you know get seen by more people thank, so, thank you for 
participating in our Best of the Super Juniors uh, contest. Contest. Yeah. Get ready because it's not going to be the last one this year. We got G1 coming up, so oh, that's going to be interesting prediction <laughs> contest. Yeah, so we got G1 coming up, and I mean, um, yeah, thank you guys. Thank you for you know the support again. It's just we really, 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 really appreciate it. You're the reason that we, well, not really you because we were marks for ourselves. <laughs> But uh, as a secondary reason, you guys are the reason we do this. Yeah, so we love no, but, for, but for real, we, we appreciate everyone who is listening to this, for real. Yeah. So until next time, goodbye and good night. Bang! <laughs> Thank you for listening to Keeping It Strong Style. We'll see you next time. See you next time. See you next time. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.